Michael double teamed on the drive in from the left, gets chased into the corner, comes right back. Switching his Pierce again. A Smith screen. Posey will defend. Oh! LeBron James with no regard for human life. Back out to Allen. History pilot. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Decide not to use it. Curry. Way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Taken by Iguodala. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Welcome back to another edition of the SQ Sports NBA Podcast. I am Shane, and alongside me, as always, on the other side of the screen, we have Q. Q, how are we doing tonight? Uh, I'm feeling all right. I'm a little fucking tired, but I'm good. It is It is late in the evening, 9.40 on Wednesday night. Um, definitely have to put the hand up. It's my fault we're recording this late, but... You know, I grind in other aspects of my life besides just the SQ Sports NBA podcast. So, but with that being said, we're going to be coming with the flame and takes today. Uh, that's for sure. Um, we're going to get into some major headlines uh, as well as touch on a recent uh, uh, blog article that Q put up on our website um, about kind of legacy stuff going into the 2022 playoffs. I'll link it in the description. Um, on top of our most unlikable guys in the NBA. And, of course, we got to end off the pod with some tourney stuff. But I think the biggest current news in the NBA is that New York, the state of New York, is relaxing the COVID vaccine mandate, which means one Kyrie Irving is cleared to rejoin the Nets at home. Um, right now, the only place that Kyrie is not available to play is in Toronto. You cannot c- cross the Canadian border. But obviously, this is huge news for the Nets. Um, they don't have to worry about you know playing a playoff series and only having Kyrie half the time. I think this is also going to be big as they make a little bit of a push to try to possibly avoid a playing game. It kind of seems like it might be out of the picture at this point. But, I mean, all in all for the Nets, good news today. Um, what, what do you kind of think about all this as a, as a Sixers fan and then as kind of more an NBA perspective? Um, well, from the Sixers perspective, I'm pretty terrified. <laughs> uh, I mean, Sixers, any, any East team fan can talk tough and be like, oh, got to be the best to be the best, blah, blah, blah. Any – any team that draws Brooklyn in the first round, because at worst, they're going to be the eight seed. I don't, there, I don't think there's a single chance Kevin Durant loses two games in the play-in. Um, if they even stay in the play-in, because they're only three games behind Cleveland. It's not uh, completely out of the picture that they catch them. Um, but the Heat, the Bucks, Sixers, Celtics, all those teams should be pretty scared of what Brooklyn can do because – a lot of Kyrie's issues over the past, you know, five or six years really has been every time he gets to the playoffs, he, he's, you know, he's an injury prone guy. Um, he's worn down, whatever. Right now he's fresh as a daisy. I mean, he's dropping like, well, he's had like multiple 50 point games in the last, in his last few outings. 
Um, he had a 60 point game. I think the last time that he played, which was like, you know, six days ago uh, before tonight, he's outside of that one year with Boston. He's always shown up in the playoffs. And last year he was playing amazingly in the playoffs. Um, and the Nets are probably NBA champions right now. If Kyrie didn't turn his ankle um, on Giannis's foot or whatever. Uh, I'm even with the news that Simmons is out. I like, I don't think Simmons is going to play, you know, Steve Nash can, uh, first of all, poor, I mean, like he's lucky he gets to coach a great team, but like this dude has to handle so much shit. You know, uh, Katie's injury, Kyrie vaccine stuff, Kyrie disappearing last year. Um, he's, he tried to like keep optimism that Simmons would play. I just I don't see it happening. He hasn't played since June. He hasn't even like done full practices since he did one full practice with the Sixers in October. Got kicked out and then didn't practice. And then I don't think he's done a full practice with Brooklyn. There's no way they can just like throw him into a a I mean, they'd be playing a must win playoff game right away. Um, since they're they're gonna be in the plan. So even with Simmons out. Anyone who's been watching Kevin Durant for the last three postseasons he's played in knows that anytime he steps on the court, his team has a pretty good chance of winning. He nearly, you know, he was an inch away from beating the Bucks last year, basically by himself those last three games. Um, so I'm terrified, absolutely terrified. And they kicked our ass two weeks ago, you know, <laughs> which, you know, was a lot of like, you can say unsustainable shooting, whatever. Um, it's, it's, I don't think, I think they might rival Golden State's offense from like three years ago. You know what the scariest were, part like, is? What's the scariest part? Is that Joe Harris isn't even playing. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like, like, in terms and of- Joe Harris hasn't been a great uh, postseason performer. Correct. Still, still. He was a big part of their offense. He opened up so much for Durant and Kyrie, you know, and Harden when they had him. Um, and, you know, if they had Simmons, he would be a great piece to play off of Simmons. Uh, that's why getting, you know, they signed Mills and they got Curry, even though Curry got hurt the other night. Um, he seems like he'll be okay, though. But getting those two snipers at the two spot um, that don't need the ball to be effective and are obviously lethal going around screens and everything, that's huge. But, yeah, Joe, Har- but like they don't even have Joe Harris – and they don't even have their the arguably the best perimeter defender in the NBA, and they're still terrifying. Uh, in a really stacked conference, they're still super t- scary to play against because they, you know, obviously being able to hit super difficult shots is incredibly important in the playoffs, and they have maybe the two best tough shot makers in the league plus other guys that can. Um, create offense in different ways and space the floor like Curry and Mills. And um, it's just, it's not looking great. You know, and I, I think that at their, you know, when they're going, they're like rivaling the peak Warriors stuff on offense. Now, obviously not on defense. They're not close to the Warriors, how good the Warriors were on the, both sides of the court, but on offense, like they're, they have no weaknesses, you know, they play making, they have shooting. Um, they've got like, like, rolling threats with Drummond and Claxton. Like they're, they got spate of big man spacing threats with Aldridge. I mean, Blake Griffin's maybe done, but he's, you know, he's still there. It's just, it's really, and 
I just want to say it's really shows how much the Yankees fucking matter in New York more than any other team. Um, because as soon as it was like, oh, well, uh, Aaron Judge probably won't be able to play, and maybe some guys on the Mets might not be able to play, it was like, okay, we're going to let the athletes play. You know, because yeah. it's, only, it's only for athletes and entertainers. The rule wouldn't, doesn't change for employees otherwise, um, which is just dumb. Like, let them in. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, I'm not feeling great about it. Right yeah. now, the Sixers are in position to play against them. They're the three seed. Um, and it seems like they're going to be resting and beating hard in a decent amount. They rested them both on Monday night, um, and they still beat Miami. <laughs> And Miami's looking like they're going to lose to the Warriors. So it's going to be a mess because none of the seedings really locked in. Like two through four is they're all within half a game. Five through seven are within two games. And even the Heat are only two games above the Bucks, and they'll probably be a game and a half above after tonight. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the East, the jockeying for playoff positioning, uh, goes these last three to four weeks. Yeah. Um, just kind of like how we kind of saw in the West last year. Uh, obviously, the team you kind of want to play is the Cavs. No offense to Cleveland, but, I mean, they're just young. And I, I really don't see them winning a first-down <clears> series. Uh, but just going back to the Kyrie stuff. So, in Brooklyn's last 18 games, he's played in seven of them. So, like what you were saying about him being fresh, completely fresh. In those seven games, he's averaging 36 points, five assists, four and a half rebounds, two steals shooting over 50% from three on nine attempts per game. Um, so, yeah, he's just in a whole nother realm. And it, it's kind of like, um, not to relate it over to my team, but when the Suns, why they're such a good clutch team is you have CP3, you have Booker, you have two guys that can get to their spot and make a shot. Off of those guys, you have Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, even Jay Crowder who can – who can knock down open shots. The Nets are the same way. They're going to have Irving and Durant, and whoever wants the ball, whoever has the better matchup, is going to be able to create a good look in the in the last seconds of a game. And in April, May, and June, that's all you can really ask for, and that does end up becoming uh, the difference in a lot of these games. The one thing I will pose to you about Brooklyn, uh, is if Simmons doesn't return um, – do you have any worry at all about uh, possible – I'll phrase it this way. The one thing that would worry me is um, scoring at the wing behind Durant. Uh, they're playing like – I mean, obviously, Bruce Brown plays like some weird, weird, super small center roles. But I mean, they have Bruce Brown. Uh, Kessler Edwards is getting some run. Um, so are, are you worried uh, – about scoring on the wing there and the minutes that Durant isn't in. Obviously, Kyrie's going to take over, but their wing depth is kind of shoddy at the moment. Yeah, it's not great. Um, but, I mean, I think they'll they'll work the lineups enough where there's enough creation on the court at all times where it's not too big of an issue. Really, I mean, if they're going to lose, it's going to be their defense. Yeah. Um, just matchup guys, especially against – if they play a team like Boston um, with Tatum and Brown, like – you know, you're, you, I don't know, especially with how those two guys are playing, especially Tatum. I mean, Tatum's playing out of his freaking mind right now. It's depressing for me, um, but impressive on his behalf. If they play a team that, like, it, it'll be dicey if they played again. I know they kind of shut down Harden, 
um, when they played uh, in Philly a couple weeks ago. But, you know, Harden will get his when, – when Harden goes into matchup hunting mode, like, it could get scary if they try to, you know, play Curry or Mills, a, like, a lot of minutes. Um, we've seen those guys get picked apart in the playoffs before. Kyrie is obviously somebody who – like, a guy like Harden would target – um, or a guy like Jimmy Butler, or even like you know Chris Middleton, Drew. Like there are a lot of really good scoring guards and, and wings in the East. Um, I think Kyrie's defense has been a lot better of late. Kyrie's never when Kyrie tries, he's just yeah. not. He's not that bad of a defender. You know, yeah. like he's not. He's not clueless or anything. But those it's other, just, it's more just the size. Like, yeah, it just, is the size. And those at a other point, guys, he doesn't have the tools to to really match up. Those other guys you mentioned um, with Mills, Curry, and even Drogic, um, one of those guys is going to be on the court at all times, pretty much. I mean, which is scary. Yeah. So I mean, there's always going to be someone that can be targeted uh, on that mm-hmm. team. I mean, um, if we're gonna, if we want to look back, you know, uh, Game Seven versus Atlanta. Seth Curry was getting targeted by freaking Kevin Herter yeah, over and over and it's over. Tough, again. Yeah. So I don't know, I, but the, but I would I don't think any. I mean, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if they won at all. Yeah. So that's the thing uh, with the Nets too is if if that happens, I could easily see Nash just going to a lineup that's KD, Kyrie, Bruce Brown, Kessler Edwards, Andre Drummond. And yeah. just just like KD Kyrie, every time ISO ball down the floor, and then on the defensive end, you're solid. I think Kessler Edwards is gonna make himself some money um, in this postseason. I always liked him out of Pepperdine, uh, watching some late night West Coast games, and I mean he's an incredible defender, and he can he can actually score the basketball. Uh, I don't have this stat up right now, but. I feel like at Pepperdine last season, he averaged like 18, 20 points. So uh, he's a good player. I think people are really going to be kind of surprised when they see him on bigger stages in these next coming weeks. Yeah, I mean, if, if he can shoot at a, just an okay level, which he has, he's shot 36% on, you know, almost three attempts a game. Um, I really doubt they figured Kessler Edwards is going to play 21 minutes a game this year. Yeah. But um, he's looked fine. You know, and that's all they really need him to do is just hit enough open shots and defend, and he'll be the he'll be perfectly five, uh, perfectly fine as the fifth guy. So it's um, not great for me, but you know, it'll be. I do eventually like as an NBA fan, I'd like to see the Nets play as a full team. <laughs> they, you know, today tonight was their forty-first different starting lineup of the season. Yeah, that's crazy. It's unbelievable. Um, that is crazy, but like the old adage goes, you want to be rounding into form when the playoffs come around. So they certainly didn't peak too early, that's for sure. Uh, looking at the odds to win the East right now, the Nets are currently the betting favorite at plus 240. The Bucks are right behind them at plus 280. The Sixers are in third, plus 440. Heat at plus 500, and Boston at plus 650 before a major drop-off. Uh, do you think that is correct, that the Nets should be the favorite in the East right now, or you think the market's just kind of shifted this way uh, right now because of the, the recent news about Kyrie? Um, I don't know if I'd make them the betting favorite, especially because they're going to be – they're not going to have home court in any of these series. Um, I don't know. 
I, I, if I had to like pick one that I felt the best about, I'd go with Milwaukee just because they've been there and, you know, they probably had the bet, maybe the best player in the conference at worst, like at worst, the third best player in the conference, probably the second best player in the conference. Um, and they've, you know, they've got multiple other stars and they've got pretty good depth. Now they have Brooke Lopez back. Um, they should avoid Brooklyn in the first round. So I would put, I would make them the favorite, but I have no problem. If, if somebody picked that's the one in the final, that'd be, I have no issue with it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, I think uh, as for playoff contenders in the East right now, I think there's three tiers. And I think Brooklyn and Milwaukee are in that tier one. Then tier two is Philadelphia, Miami, and Boston. And then tier three is like Chicago, Cleveland, Toronto. Um, yeah. Or they could win a series. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe if they somehow luck into like, – like the Hawks did last year, luck into something crazy, could make it to the conference finals, but that's kind of their ceiling. Um, I, as, as someone who's a, a big Durant fan, I am – um, glad to see that Kyrie is is ready and playing. I know we talked about so this off, goofy, bro. You're we talked so about goofy. this offline. I like. Well, I'm just a, I'm just a big Durant fan. I want to see him win. Um, and I I like the the Nets better than any other team in the East. Um, not only like just person like I'm not even saying this. I'm not saying this. I like them like to win, which I do. But I'm saying I just like them as a as a team in general. Mm-hmm. I just kind of have gripes against all the other all the other top Eastern Conference squads, which we'll get into later. Um, any anything else that you want to touch on? Just kind of looking at the landscape of the East right now, uh, as we sit here on March twenty third. Uh, I tweeted it right before we we started. Uh, it pains me to report that Boston is super legit. Like it sucks. But man, they're really freaking good. They beat the shit out of the Jazz tonight. They won by like thirty points. They beat the Warriors last week when Curry was still playing by a lot. They beat the Nuggets by a ton. Like they're they might have the best defense in the NBA now. Um, they might have surpassed the Warriors in my opinion, especially if the Warriors are going to play Clay Thompson so much because he's obviously not there. Um, and Jason Tatum's playing like an MVP right now. Um, he's not, obviously he's not going to win it, especially because of how poorly he started the year. But they just – it's like everything's clicking at the perfect time. And it scares me because it still kind of feels like they don't really have the pressure on them. And they're just playing so loose. Um, and I wouldn't expect uh, – you know, they haven't been getting like a ton of media attention either, which I'm cool with. But like um, – it doesn't seem like there's enough hype about the Celtics. I mean, they, they might, they could feasibly be the first seed. It's really not that crazy. Um, which is crazy because they were a game under 500 at the end of Jan, uh, near the end of January. They were 25 and 26. Um, that team that like the roster makes so much sense, more, so much more sense, even though like really not that different than it was when we were all hating on them. You know, in, in January, like they've only they've added Derek White, who I I mean I love Derek White, but it's not like he shot super poorly with the Celtics. That's the, the really the only weakness of the team is that they can't really shoot outside of uh, 
you know, Tatum and Brown. Like they don't have that much shooting and they like to play two bigs at the same time uh, with Williams and Horford. And um, so if that, if they lose, it's probably going to be that, but like, I, I'm super terrified of them and they've completely like changed their outlook um, going forward. Cause it was going to get pretty ugly. Like if they had a play in season again and uh, just flamed out either in the plan or in the first round, like there'd be a questions about that team. Um, because, you know, they don't have the assets anymore. Um, and, you know, Jalen Brown will be a free agent in a year or two. So it would have got kind of dicey, but right now they're just balling out and it's depressing as hell. They beat the Sixers by like 50 points in February. Yeah. Um, but, and, and which, you know, they Sixers didn't have Harden or whatever, but, um, now they're beating everyone by like 30 points. And every Sunday I got to go every Sunday night, Monday morning, I got to go listen to Bill Simmons pod. And for some reason they always play on Sunday at like yeah, two they, o'clock. So yeah, they, they they're always like playing. Sunday they're always playing right, right before your records with Ryan, which are like my fate, you know, are my favorite podcasts in the world. They're just so entertaining. And, but I have to, I have to get through the Celtics talk, which yeah. sucks. Um, but I mean, as as an objective NBA podcaster, uh, they're fucking really good. Yeah, I, this might be like a super novice take, and it it, it kind of is. But just at the surface level, obviously the Celtics have – I mean, they've been on a tear, like not only winning games, but just absolutely dismantling teams. But at a, at a surface novice level, I still just don't – fully trust them I don't know what it is I don't know if it's that they don't have that calm you down point guard when when things get rough Um, I know Tatum's clutch game numbers have mightily improved as of late but I just still have the images of him taking 28 footers that brick off the side of the backboard Um, and it is it is I'm not a Celtics hater like you, so I mean, I I don't mind to see them playing this well, but just for some reason, I, I can't buy in to a team that we had basically written off two months ago. And obviously, their play on the court is should completely change that narrative. But something in the back of my head, even though I'm looking at all the numbers and I'm watching it with my two eyes, something in the back of my head is like, I know this team is gonna is going to falter come the playoff time. Um, I don't know what it is. I, I like, like I said, it's a very novice take because all the numbers and the eye test say different. Um, they've been crushing everyone in the East. The teams are going to be playing in the postseason, but until I see it happen, I, I don't, I don't know what it is. I just, I, 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 I can't, I don't trust a, a smart Tatum Brown lineup i'm not i'm not sure what it really is um for me like i feel like marcus smart is developing i kind of feel what you're saying honestly like that's why i'm not like they're going to fucking win the east 100 percent because they're the hottest team whatever i feel like marcus smart is finally kind of becoming that guy he had nine assists in the first quarters today um i feel like he's finally kind of i feel like it took way longer than it should have you know like even most casual NBA fan could watch the bubble 
when I lost the heat and was like, yo, what is Marcus Smart doing? Like he's taking these crazy shots when he sucks at shooting. I feel like he's finally realized that he needs to be, he needs to go full like game manager mode for this team. Yeah. And Derek White is kind of like that. I mean, he's not like an elite, elite passer, but he's, yeah, he's, you don't I, just play he's for an elite top in your second year. He's yeah, he's a great teammate. complimentary guard, yeah. you know? Like, you don't get to play for Coach Popovich when you're in your second season the way he did if you don't see the game and read the game at a certain level. Um, so I feel like having those two guys, they still have, they're starting to play Peyton, uh, excuse me, Peyton Pritchard a little bit more. Yeah. He's kind of starting to get it going. He's kind of that guy that you can trust. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh. See, now defensively it will get tough and we'll see if he shoots well enough, but like I trust him to make the right decision with the ball, you know, and Tatum's really getting better at making the right decision with the ball. Jalen Brown still sucks at it, but he's getting a little better. It's just like, I do agree that they're missed that they could really still benefit from like a true, true, true point guard. Yeah. Like a, even like, uh, I guess he probably won't be playing much next year, but like a Rubio, you know, someone like that that I would trust a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. It's good. But they might just they might just be good enough defensively and just barely good enough offense. Like, they're so good defensively, they might just be just good enough on offense to get through. And now they've got – Williams is really – Robert Williams and Grant Williams, honestly. Um, both of them have been really good for them. Back-to-back. Now, like, we, we shit on Ainge a lot at the end of his tenure, you know, but like he took Robert Williams 26th, 27th, and he took Grant Williams 20th or 24th or 22nd, somewhere around there. Um, and back-to-back drafts and he got good value. Like they're good rotational big men who complement their best players, especially Robert Williams. Like he's, yeah, he's, he's like the perfect kind of does it all for them. Now when they play, um, when they play Embiid or Giannis, especially Giannis, I'm not feeling great. About, you know, their their center is either Horford, who has been really good, but you know, I don't think you want to play out Horford thirty high thirties minutes a game, even low thirties at this point. And Robert Williams is six eight. It could get a little dicey on the boards, and could get dicey in one on one situations. But the, at the team as a whole, like they they're so good at like double teaming and helping and rotating. Like they might just get by it's, it'll be, it'll be in really interesting case of, I mean, obviously they're on an insane heater right now. Like yeah. insane. This is not how good they're going to be every game. Yeah. Obviously like they're, they're on as hot as you can get as a team. Um, but I don't know, man. It just, I, I think, I think that worries me is, I'm looking at this team, and I think they have seven guys that can play in the playoffs. And, like, if you want to run Pritchard out there for 10 minutes, that's eight. Um, and at that point, I think you need to get – I think they're going to need to get 65 from the Jalens to win a series. Maybe not so win eight. That's what? Smart, Tatum, Brown, Robert Williams, Horford, Grant Williams, White. Okay. Yeah, so that's uh-huh. seven there. And then Pritchard would be the eighth. And then who – I mean, Neesmith isn't getting any run. Um, so, I mean, you brought up a great point facing these big guys in the East. Um, I, I, I do. Well, I, I will. I, I'm curious why you think Giannis would be a tougher matchup because I feel like 
the tougher matchup would be someone like Embiid who can just post up on the block. Whereas when they have these long, these long six, seven, six, eight wings, they can kind of do the the wall type thing against Giannis. I feel like Embiid so would even like, like now that Giannis has like um, now that he's got a re- like when he was getting walled up, uh, the issue is that he didn't have a good point guard to play off. That could be, where they can run a pick and roll and get Giannis going downhill like that in the half court. Um, and then they got Drew, and obviously it was tough for the wall up, right? Um, we saw it in the finals. I mean, the Suns are built to wall up against Giannis, but they couldn't because, you know, they actually had a half court offense now. With Embiid, Embiid's gotten, especially, you know, if we look at it from, uh, you know, the last time the Sixers played Celtics in the playoffs in the bubble. Uh, that was kind of before Embiid made like his MVP caliber leap. He's gotten a lot better at handling double teams, but for one, Horford is still probably uh, the best Embiid defender in my opinion, just because he's he you can't move him in the post, which is just it's so annoying to watch, especially as a guy who had to suffer through watching him on, on my team and he sucked. Um, and then he went back to the Celtics and he's been good, but he can't move in the post. And also like they stunt and recover so well on the doubles with smart. And with now with, they've got white, who's amazing at it. And it's just like they, with Giannis, he's more of like a get downhill kind of guy. And I feel like he's just kind of, he's too big for that. But with Embiid, the doubles are, are more effective. It's like, you can't, Giannis doesn't post up, right? Like that like a lot the way Embiid does. So it's not as, it's not like there's as much um, kind of double team madness going on the way it is with Embiid. And especially because Embiid, the shooting around Embiid is not that dependable at this point, right? Like um, Harden's not a volume catch and shoot guy and neither is Maxi um, and neither is Tobias and Matisse is a terrible shooter. So you know when Embiid's gonna kick out, it's just I just don't I just don't trust it. it but again, neither of them are good matchups for the Celtics in that regard, um, because yeah, both guys I mean, are just fucking huge. Embiid will be he'll have to get his mid if he gets his his jumper going, then it's over. Then it's over for Boston because then it's harder to it's just harder to deal with him. Um, but like when we saw the last time they played, they really got in kind of in Embiid's way, in a way that no other team has been able to. Um, basically the last three months of the season. Like, he's, Embiid's been a complete wrecking ball. But against the Celtics, they were they had so many guys on him. But when he kicked out, they were so good at recovering. Um, so, we'll, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I would just say um, right now, and this is kind of the, like the height of the Celtics, I would still take Milwaukee over them in a series. I'd still take Brooklyn over them in a series. And then I'd really have to think about Miami and Philadelphia. I'd probably lean Philadelphia over them in the series as well. Um, and so, I mean, that's three teams that I'd take over them. And then uh, obviously have Miami and Chicago right there. So, um, I mean, good on them, though, from where they were two months ago. Definitely. Pretty insane, Definitely. insane run. I, I, do, I do really think, though, that um, to win series against the top of the East, the Jalens are going to have to combine for – like 60, 65 points a game. Um, I know their defense is is all-worldly, but still, I don't know. 
I don't know. I got. I I think Jason Tatum's going to have to continue this ascent if they want to go. They want to go to where they're trying to go, which obviously we've heard Bill talk. He's starting to he's starting to plan his May around a long Celtics run. So goofball. Um, yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be an interesting storyline to watch uh, in the NBA media. Uh, so now let's switch over to kind of um, the uh, talking about uh, the 2022 playoffs and possible legacy storylines. So you wrote a piece titled who will write the story of the 2022 NBA season. It is linked in the description. Why don't you just kind of go over uh, what you touched on in this piece and what you're kind of trying to uh, kind of portray with it. So basically I just, you know, looking at the last couple of years of the league, there was obviously, I mean, the pandemic hit obviously um, right in the middle of a season. So that kind of threw everything for a loop for the NBA. Um, they had to start last season late. They condensed the season. They've had, uh, they had a major COVID outbreak last year and then they had it again this year, earlier in the season. So it's been just kind of weird. Fans weren't all the way back in stadiums last year. I mean, by the playoffs, most, stadiums were allowing like almost full capacity um and everything but it just didn't feel the same even when you were just watching on tv like they had spaced out benches and everything it was just weird but i feel like now we're kind of back to normal and i feel like the nba is in a pretty good spot where there's so many teams that can win it all there's so many guys that are at different points of their careers that have a chance to win it all um and i feel like um you know, with in terms of legacy stuff, I feel like there are a lot of guys that can basically reshape their entire, like how we'll remember them uh, and how we'll remember this season based off how they play in the postseason. Um, so the three that I kind of headlined in the article were the Nets and mostly Kevin Durant, um, because obviously if, if Kevin Durant leads Brooklyn to a title or just any, really any deep run, like past the conference finals, or to the conference finals or, you know, into the finals, that will be a huge for his legacy because, you know, he hasn't, he, he won two titles with the Warriors. They, he got hurt his last year. And then last year he was pretty close. And like, for me, I treat last year, like that's a Holy grail for <laughs> what he was doing, especially, yeah. you know, from game five on, I'm not, a, I'm not, a bit, I'm not really like a huge Katie hater like that. Like I don't really dislike him. I thought he, I just hated that he went to the Warriors, obviously. Um, but what he was doing at the end of that series was insane. And it's crazy that, you know, if he just has his foot behind the line, like half an inch, the, uh, the last, you know, the, the bucks are done. Everything. It's just completely different. Right. Um, maybe Kyrie comes back in the conference finals, maybe Harden has more time to rest for the conference finals. They make the finals, who knows? Um, but for the, you know, the average talking head, you know, we're, we're watching first take, we're watching first things first, whatever. Um, him going on a huge run would be massive for the anti-KD crowd. And then I wrote about um, the Sixers and their trio of Harden and Embiid and Doc Rivers and how they've all kind of had – they all have a lot riding on this year, um, especially to me, Harden and Rivers. I mean, Embiid is in his prime, and he'll – you know, obviously he's always had the injury risk, but he'll have – you know, hopefully <laughs> – We'll have more chances past this year, but Harden's getting up there and Doc Rivers is on his third team or fourth team in the NBA now. Um, and the third, this is the third time he's had like a really stacked team. 
and they won it all in Boston, but it didn't go well with the Clippers with multiple different iterations of the roster. And last year, obviously, was a disaster. So he's got a lot of pressure on him. A deep run could obviously, like, especially with Harden's career, like, completely reshape how people think about him. And then I ended off with your boy Chris Paul because, again, like, to me, as someone who watches a ton of NBA and, you know, thinks about this stuff more than anybody should, to me, last year kind of was this year for Chris Paul. Um, just the whole year, really the whole year, really the last two years for Chris Paul have been huge for his legacy because once he got traded to OKC, it was like people were done with Chris Paul. People were like, oh, well, he got, you know, they had to attach picks to get off him for Russ, which is laughable in retrospect. But um, people were like, oh, he's just going to go to the Thunder and nobody's going to remember him. And then he got there, the Thunder were going to tank. And then they won like 40 they had like a 48 win pace, you know, if the season ended normal 48 or 49 wins, they almost won a series that he, he, you know, he like, he showed a certain level of like professionalism and everything in that year. And then it put him in position to get to Phoenix where they've been in hell for 10 years, basically before the bubble, they had a nice little run and then it was like a perfect match for these two teams, these two, you know, things that are these two parties that are looking to like finally take a, a step forward. And he got the Suns, the, what, they were the second seed last year, and they really, I mean, kind of ran through the West. There wasn't really a super tense moment for the Suns outside of, like, maybe in the first round he was hurt and they were down 2-1. Um, and But the thing is, like, the way it ended was obviously not great, right? But for me, once he got to the finals, I was like, yo, this is my – I've always liked Chris Paul, even though I think he's kind of – Goofball on the court sometimes. I love Chris Paul. Um, I know I joke with you about it, but I do really like Chris Paul. So I was like super happy that he made the finals, but the way it ended was tough. You know, they lost four straight in in the finals after going up 2-0. So right now, like he's on the best team in the NBA by far. They should be the clear favorite to anybody who's been watching. Um, excuse my phone. Uh, and if he wins this year, like it'll really cement him as a true, true, like maybe top 20 guy, honestly, like he's what he's doing. He's 37. It's ridiculous what he's doing. So, and that, and there's like so many more, so much more I probably could have written about, about all these different guys around the league. I just think it's going to be really interesting this year. Yeah. Really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, I think every year it, it obviously it's, like how could the how could this player's legacy be shaped by a ring? But like you said, this year seems like it's just tenfold where there's so many different scenarios that are actually possible that could kind of affect how we look back on players 10, 15, 20, 50 years from now. Um, so I agree with with everything you said. Uh, as uh, previously stated, I'm a big Kevin Durant fan, so I really – uh, want to see him get a ring that's not in Golden State, um, so that that would be that would be nice. And obviously, he has what it takes to carry a team to the finals. Um, if his feet were two sizes smaller, he could have lifted the dang trophy last year. Um, and with like what you said with Chris Paul, I mean, he's what thirty-seven now, so he's the thirty-seven one, uh, in May. He's the one where it's like it's the most urgent. Because he's in the best position to win uh, his first title this year. 
And it always feels like it is a little more urgent, no matter how old you are when you're looking for that first one. Uh, Cause he doesn't have anything to kind of fall back on. So uh, yeah, in that sense, I think it would be a uh, legacy defining it. He can, Right now, he's in the debates with uh, Isaiah Thomas and Magic uh, about who's the best point guard of all time. And uh, I think he can – I mean, he's going to – I feel like the people who who say Isaiah is better than him will stand by that take just because they're kind of the old heads. But uh, – such a – it's a – I mean, I like Isaiah, but, like, come on. Yeah. Um, but if Paul can just get that ring, uh, and you really don't have anything to kind of joke about him at his expense with – uh, a couple other guys that just um, – obviously, you said you could have mentioned a lot more. And, I mean, we could go down literally every team and pick out five players that it, it would affect. Uh, I think if Steph can somehow bring this Warriors team and uh, bring home another championship, that would be – this would be the one where uh, unless Clay and Draymond all of a sudden – are 110%. Uh, this would be the one where it's like, hey, Steph, this is completely on your shoulders. You went through a tough West and beat another team coming out of the East that, I mean, I, I, I my point is that I think it would cement Steph as, you know, probably a top, a top 10 player of all time, which he might already be. But to, to kind of say, hey, you did it yourself, that'd be huge. And this might be the last, he's getting to the point where he's not going to be able to carry uh, like that obviously the ankle injury is tough and that's going to kind of limit that that those chances we'll get we'll get to that in a later pod but if he could somehow do that that'd be huge um just looking at guys who don't have a ring yet who are younger uh not, i mean not even younger i think uh for Jokic or Embiid, uh it, i mean they're two of the most skilled big men of all time and what they're still both in their late 20s uh, but big men don't, I mean, both of them, I guess you can't would. So if I, this is off topic. So just answer pretty quickly. If I said Embiid, are you still worried about Embiid? Obviously you're still worried about Embiid's body, but is it as big of an issue as it was like two years ago? Like, are you like in the back of your mind right now? Are you thinking, Oh shit, I really hope Joel doesn't like there's a chance he might go down in the next couple of weeks. Is that still thought coming to your mind? It, it will always be. Yeah. I think uh, that, even I, last year, last year felt like kind of the shift because he got in really good shape. He's been in really good shape the last few years. Um, and he has a habit of doing these massive dunks yeah. or massive chase down blocks where he just doesn't or attempting to do a massive chase down block where he just doesn't need to. Yeah. And he's gotten better at it. Over the past few years, like when he first got in the league, it was like every single – he was going full throw every single play. Um, and he's gotten better at it, but there's still these moments. Like last year, he tore his meniscus in game four of the Wizard series just going after a kind of meaningless chase down block. They're up 3-0. It was the first quarter. Like you got it easy. Uh, and he also got hurt earlier that season dunking on some super random fucking big man on the Wizards. who even, I don't even remember who it was. Um, he did some huge poster and then he came down, he had a bone bruise in his knee and he missed three weeks and it cost him MVP. Honestly, he would have won MVP if he played, you know, 68 yeah. out of 72 games because he was on the first seed and he had an amazing season. Um, so yeah, I'll always have that lingering in my head, yeah, yeah, <laughs> which I mean, is why, sense. which is why um, to me, like 
that was the argument you have to get Harden right now. Even if he says he communicates that he wants to sign here in the offseason and you can give up less in June, doesn't matter. Uh, especially now that Kyrie's back. Like, maybe if imagine if Harden was still there, Kyrie's back, all the vibes are good, they roll for the East. You think Harden's going to leave? Probably yeah. not. Yeah. So that's why it was big to get him because, again, Embiid's like, uh, credit to him for he's been way healthier than I ever imagined him being. You know, the last four or five years, and he still had a bunch of injuries. Yeah, but um, yeah, it'll always be there. He'll play his most games probably ever this year. Um, he'll probably play like upper sixties, low seventies, which is great. But uh, yeah, it'll always be in the back. Yeah, I mean that makes that makes sense for big guys that play with that ferocity uh, who yeah. have had. That's games. why I'm jealous of, you know. Jokic, it's like he doesn't even jump. Yeah, ever. Yeah, it is. So it's like I've now I can't even not. I mean, you know, knock on wood and everything. I don't want to get him hurt or whatever. But I, I can't even imagine him getting hurt with anything yeah, lower he, body. He doesn't move quick. He doesn't move fast yeah. enough. It's like he's perfectly, you know, he's perfectly fine just chilling on the ground. Yeah, he's always on balance. Um, uh, just, just to f- final three uh, kind of team slash players, and then we'll move on. Uh, I'd like to see Demar get one. You know, he just got shipped off. Uh, this is uh, this is probably, I mean, this is the best chance since he's been traded from Toronto, and obviously they won right after they shipped him off. So it'd be nice to see him kind of win one. Uh, with that being said, I'm noted not a fan of Chicago. So, um, and then Utah, which uh, they, they're going to be a major off-season storyline team, depending what happens in the playoffs. Um, I don't think they have what it takes, but I mean, Don, what's going to happen with Donovan Mitchell? I don't really want to see them win one. But they're they're at a point here where if they go down in the first round uh, to say Dallas or Denver or something, uh, there's major problems up there uh, in Mormon country. And then finally, uh, just a completely different storyline would be if Luca could get one at this young of an age, and then just kind of what trajectory it sets him on uh, if he gets one now. And obviously, I, we think he's going to be playing at a pretty high level for the next decade plus. Uh, kind of how many can he get? I, I don't think the Mavericks are in a position really where they're going to be contending, but I mean, they're going to be a playoff team. So you never know with a talent like Luca. Uh, so that'd be, that'd be interesting. I guess you could put Ja in that same category for these young. Yeah. Stars. I mentioned Ja for, for me, it's like Ja will be playing a long time, obviously yeah. with the Grizzlies and the Grizzlies aren't going to go anywhere. Um, They just talk so much. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, I'm here for it. But they've got to back it up. And I think they will, honestly. Like, I think they're going to make – I think they're, at, at worst, they're going to make the second round, um, which would be big for them. But yeah, they've, yeah. Got, they've got a lot – I mean, he, they're shit-talking LeBron. They're shit-talking everyone yeah. all the time, you know? And it, they've only got one real, real star on the team. Like, mm-hmm. you know, JJJ is great. Bane's great. Love Bane so much. He's, like, one of my favorite players. But um, they've got, you know – they still haven't done anything yet. They've yeah, won exactly. one playoff game so far. They got to back up the talk. It gets to a point where it's like kind of just, you know, it's fun at first, especially because a bunch of young guys, but uh, they got to, like you said, shut up and back it up. Um, yeah. We can move on now uh, to you brought up this segment. I'm definitely a fan of it. Uh, we're both, we're both uh, pretty big haters just in general. So this segment's going <laughs> to, going to be pretty good for us uh we'll try to limit it because you know we could have a two-hour pod on this alone but um basically we're just listening listing 
unlikable players and kind of guys that have got under our skin for whatever reason and uh, who I hate is a strong term, so we'll go with uh, dislike. But, uh, yeah, I, I didn't order mine. I'm just, I just have guys who I'm going to throw out. And, <laughs> and you can just, we can just, like a, like a Comedy Central roast, we can just riff on them. Uh, I'm gonna okay. start. I'm, I'm gonna start with, with a guy who is probably, if I did order this list, he would be at the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's Pat Beverly. This ah, man, okay, okay. He's a menace. He's a he. He's a menace, and part of me respects the way he plays, mm-hmm. but then right when I, right when I'm just turning to start respecting it. He's doing some shit like getting in the other team's huddle or making these weird hand motions to a ref. Like he's just like a little gnat on your side and he won't go away and he's always talking and he's always complaining. And like he could absolutely, he could kill a guy on court and he's going up and saying, yo, review it, review it, review it. Like, dude, <laughs> come on. Like it, it gets comical to a point. Uh, it was ramped up when the Suns were playing the Clippers. So a lot of the, a lot of these guys I have listed, um, personal vendettas kind of mm-hmm. helped put them on this list. Absolutely. But Pat Bev, um, if 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 he's on a team that you're rooting for, or if he's on a team that, like, say you're rooting against the team and Pat Bev's going against them, you love it because he's just pissing off the opponent. But when he's going against your team, or you're just a neutral fan watching a game, I cannot mm-hmm. cannot stand him. Yeah, I mean he's a, he's like the textbook love him when he's on your team, hate him when he's on the other team. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. he'd be the picture in the dictionary. I I'm pretty pro Pat Bev. Now uh, he's always been uh, out west, so like I've never really. It's not like I would ever you ever be playing the Sixers in the playoffs or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, if he pushed my favorite player in the back when they were about to go to the finals, I'd be pretty pissed. Yeah. But like I can't con- I mean obviously I don't fuck with the dirty plays I and mean, he pretty much intentionally like tore Russ uh Westbrook's knee up like ten years ago. Yeah. Which is pretty whack. Like that shit's lame. Um I think he's so fucking funny, dude. Like the shit yeah. he was doing with LeBron was so funny. When yeah, he saw I think LeBron I, in the ass. Yeah. Oh my god. But I get it. I get I, I get it. Uh but I mean he's been my guy. I like him. I, I think right. he's hilarious. He's on the wolves. Like he's just so random, but now they're kind of good, so it's just funny. <laughs> All right, no, that's um, fair. That's fair. I can respect that. All right, uh, I did have a ranking, but I mean, I can I can riff too. But um, number one for me has got to be LeBron. I fucking hate LeBron, <laughs> and I used to be pretty pro LeBron. Like I was, yeah. Like, as a as a the thing, like as a player, I am so pro, I'm like overly pro LeBron. He's yeah. like I think he's you know people are weirdly underestimating this player. Um, I just hate the circus that's always around him now. Like, it's just so – like, there's always been a circus around him, but now it's like he's playing too much into it where it's like – first of all, he's a walking ad, which I know, like, every player is a walking ad. But now he's, like, in the post-game press conference saying, like, oh, yeah, I go home and I have my fucking tequila, which, you know, he has a big tequila company now. And he's like, oh, yeah, I either have a glass of wine or a, gla- a fucking glass. Of like, there's no way you're having a glass of tequila every night every if night. you're LeBron. I mean, you're 37. Like, there's no way if you're playing. Like, I'm sorry. There's no way you're doing that to your body. Um, and, like, the, 
you know, when he takes over All-Star Weekend to start making it about him when he's back in Cleveland and he's talking about his fucking son. It's just, like, lame, man. It's yeah. just lame to me. And I hate how he telegraphs everything he's going to do. Like, it makes it so boring. When he's telegraphing for a year, he's going to go, oh, was I salty? He didn't go to the Sixers? Yeah. Um, I would love to have him on my team. I don't like these people who are like, oh, it's, uh, he's going to trade all your young players. and blah, blah, blah. He wins championships, so, like, why would I care? Um, but, like, he telegraphed for a year. He was going to go to the Lakers. He kind of start. he has these, like, weird exits from these teams. Like, he had a weird exit in Miami. It was just kind of, like, awkward at the end because, like, he, you know, he'll float out a text to Wendy who will go on the Hoop Collective podcast and be like, oh, well, LeBron's considering uh, building a, a fucking new city outside of Cleveland and he's going to give every kid six iPads and he's going to yeah. dominate the Cavs. And I'm just like, shut up, Wendy. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then Wendy's like, don't aggregate it. Don't aggregate it. Nobody's told me this. I'm just definitely – Rich Paul definitely hasn't texted me this. And I hate, I hate Rich Paul. Um, yeah. Not, like, actually, I don't, I don't hate Rich Paul, actually, because Rich Paul just does what his clients ask him to. True. You know, he's, he's just like public. Like, he obviously is a good agent, um, whether people want to admit or not. Like, he's just uh, – he does what his – he's good at leveraging. He does what he's hired to do. Yeah. So I can't hate him for Rich Paul, you know. Yeah. Um, good for him. But, like, I hate – and I hate the LeBron media mafia. Like Nick Wright sucks. Fucking <laughs> Shannon's Dude, I, funny. I haven't but seen Shannon's anything. Lame. I feel like I haven't seen Nick. I know Nick Wright is still on like first things first or whatever. He used to be all over my Twitter timeline. I feel like I haven't seen him. In I've seen him a lot, but the thing is, he's kind of pivoting to hating on Jokic, um, which really? you know I'm, I'm here for. That's his new take. Is <laughs> he's like pro. He's like the pro Embiid guy um, oh. at at Fox or wherever the fuck he is. Okay. But yeah, with LeBron, it's like respect the player. I think he's. I uh, I don't know if he's the goat. I don't like having that debate anymore. Yeah. Um. But I know you think he's the goat. Yeah. Um. I just I just it just feels phony to me. So my, you know? my take on this is, um, I do so I do think he's the goat, and um, so I do. One of my cousins, uh, who's about five years older than me, is a die is one of those. LeBron sexuals, diehard LeBron fan, like posting every time LeBron sets a new record, posting about mm-hmm. it. And I think it gets once it gets to a point like that where like everything LeBron does, they're like, everyone is like, "Yo, look at this! Look at this! Look! At, you have to look at this! Like respect this! Like, yo, I I do respect it. Like I think LeBron's <laughs> the goat, but like, relax, you know? Like I saw. I mean, like he's torpedoed two of his four Lakers seasons. Yeah. Like. Well, not not him. You, I, mean, I mean, this year I don't really blame. Yeah. The first year with the Lakers, he does not get enough shit for that. Like, honestly, yeah, he, that was he such hurt, a shit though. show. No, not, not because of his play. It's not oh. his play, though. It was like the whole, like, it was so obvious that once he got there, and he's obviously the GM, like, obviously. Yeah. Well, there's no reason to pretend that, oh, yeah, they traded for us. There was no way it was LeBron. Like, well, he's too smart for that. It was like as soon as he got there, Everyone knew, and the same thing happened in Cleveland. Everybody knew David Blatt wasn't his guy, right? He starts leaking it to them. He takes a fucking two-week break in the middle of the season, takes steroids, goes to Miami, whatever. When the Heat, when the Cavs were, like, under 500, and then they go to the finals, whatever. I don't care if he takes steroids. I think he's on steroids, but, like, I think everyone's on steroids. I don't really care. Um, but, like, he goes to the Cavs. He makes it known that Ty Lue is his guy. He's going to get Ty Lue in the middle of the fucking season after they went to the finals and, you know, worked, whatever. With the with the Lakers, like he starts leaking in the media, 
that uh, Luke's not the guy, which again, good decision. Luke, Luke Walton was obviously not that guy. Yeah. Um, but he starts leaking like the AD shit start. Like obviously the AD shit, he's on the same, uh, they're on the same agency. Like AD signs with clutch. And then all of a sudden it's like LeBron starts speaking super highly of AD. And it's very obvious that he wanted to trade Ingram and Lonzo and Hard and Kuzma, whatever. And it's like, how could you play with that? I mean, it's not like they're all adults, but like that sucks. Like I would, that just, that shit sucks. Like it yeah, would just I mean, not it be fun. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't. It wouldn't be fun. I don't really. Um, I don't begrudge him for that. For that stuff, like, I what I do begrudge him for is him pretending that he's not like involved in this stuff. Yeah, dude, I hate when he, that he stuff tries is, to play it off. Yeah, it's that crazy. Stuff, that stuff is annoying. The the actual fact that he's getting these guys traded, I don't have a problem with that. No, either. I don't have an issue with it either. I would. Yeah. I mean, it's a smart decision. They should. It, it, it was this fucking there. I mean, this is yeah. I, I think this all the, narrative that's being spun that like they shouldn't have got AD, and it was a mistake, and they gave up to like shut the fuck. Yeah, up. they yeah, won the finals, and AD when he's playing and when he's healthy. I get he's had a weird year. He's like an unbelievable player who was like twenty six or twenty five when they got him. Mm-hmm. That was it's the stupidest thing, and he fits perfectly with LeBron. Like it's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. And I I'm not an AD fan. Um. I just think his vibe sucks, but he's, yeah. I think he's an amazing player, but yeah, anyway, yeah, that's my, that's my LeBron. Yeah. So I could never say like, I hate LeBron. The, it, it, it's definitely gone in a negative direction for me. Just like mm-hmm. with like, all, you said like all the hoopla and stuff. And, and like, all right. And, <laughs> when he went back to the Cavs, I'm, I'm desperate. I don't know if I like was, I don't know. I don't know what's happened in my brain, but like, I remember vividly, that he did like some press conference or something when he went back to the Cavs and was like, "I'm not going anywhere." Well, I and then I, that's why I was like, "There's no way he leaves the Cavs. There's no way he's, he's yeah." A I don't blame guys for doing that either. Though. I don't blame him for leaving either. I just you know, once he went back to the Cavs, I was like, "Okay, he's back." Yeah, and I then think... once they won the finals, like I don't think that the fourth. I mean, it's great that he won the finals, right? And the Cavs were in a shitty situation in 2018, so like I don't blame anyone for leaving any of these teams, especially you know, what we're seeing with all these sports owners, they all suck. So I don't really care if like these guys leave, but it was weird that like he made a big show about going back to the Cavs and then he left four years. Yeah, no, see, I'm no, I'm not, I'm not with that at all. I think he should be praised for going back to the Cavs and winning. No, he should be praised for going back to the Cavs. That was amazing. I was, I I think his, I think his goal, his goal was to go win a title and then leave. That's so weird. That's who the fuck thinks like that. That's so weird. I think I, I, th- I think because it's his, it's his hometown team. It's where he was drafted. They haven't won okay. shit. It's a shitty city. Shitty. But why would why would his goal be to win and then dip? Like because if he, he stayed... wants to, he wants to end, okay, okay. Be end his career in a bigger market where people want to come. Sh- he's the he dude. If he's on your team, your team is a big market. It doesn't. He clearly wanted to go to a LA. big market team. Yeah, I get it. Like fine, fine. fine. Who I'm wants to stay like, in Cleveland? In why would he want to stay in Cleveland? Dude, it's Cleveland not like he has to live the bottom city in the United States. I don't disagree, but my point is, if you're LeBron, any city you go to is gonna be fucking amazing. You're yeah. living the highest quality yeah. life. You Correct. Can Except Cleveland is thirty okay. and rainy all year, and <laughs> LA has all these stars and entertainers, and you're playing in front of Jack Nickel Nicholas. I get and it. Jack Nicholson. I get it. Like the the aura of going to the Lakers. He. 
he so uh, this is this is where I'll push I get back it, on. but I'm, I'm just saying. Okay, that's fine. He has different goals than uh, than other players because that's fine. He, and I guess one of those goals is, well, he wanted to go to out to LA. But that move out to LA wasn't all basketball related, obviously. Obviously not. I hated the people that were like, it's only fucking like career yeah. outside of basketball related. That was stupid. The Lakers yeah. were in a good position to get better. They had a shit ton of space and young players and everything. I think um, that I think that a lot of the a lot of the problem I have with the LeBron stuff now is that just like everything in the world, it's so extreme both ways. Yeah, I get it. I don't like. I mean, LeBron I know like, you hate LeBron. I know I'm listening to number one. I don't like. I'm not one of these guys that's gonna go on fucking his comments and comment like, "Oh, the Mickey, it was a it was a Mickey Mouse championship." Yeah. Okay, Disney. That's just that's just so weird and it like ruined Twitter. But um, just let all right. We'll end on this with LeBron. Just legacy wise, wouldn't it be way cooler if he just rode it out with Cleveland for like the last ten years of his career? Yeah. Does anybody uh, care yeah. about Lakers LeBron like that? No, no, I think it'd be way cooler, no. but his whole like he he didn't want to raise his children in Cleveland. He didn't oh want to live God. dude. He didn't want to live dude, in shitty it, Cleveland. Do you understand how shitty of a city I get Cleveland, Cleveland is sucks, to LA? But it's so also like if you're LeBron James, why would you care about what people think about You don't have to being, be there like eight months being, a year. It being cool. To finish your career out in Cleveland. When, no, I wouldn't care. I don't blame him for making those. Like, I again, I'm not like you made. The yeah, it's like wrong it's cool. Decision. It's way cooler that Tim Duncan played his whole career in San Antonio. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think once he left the first time, it just completely. At that point, it doesn't really matter. See, yeah. I I kind of agree with that, but he was also kind of like spinning it, especially when he wrote that letter and everything. He was spinning it like, "Yo, Miami was just like college for me. It was four yeah. years." Yeah, like that was like okay, I can, I can, I can vibe with that. And he's like, I'm back in my hometown. Blah, blah, blah. Again, a million times. Don't blame. He took in the four straight finals. They should never speak down ever on his name. I don't care how corny. No, he but is. see, no, like, you're. This is but, what you're saying things, and then you're completely. No, 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 no. Again, like my point is, that I just think it was, it was just weird. And for me, I would have liked it more if he stayed. And yeah, that's a, a, the good thing. Stand, is he I'm, I'm super glad he's at West. He I, give okay, obviously, he doesn't give shit anything. Um, also, I will say that if the Lakers had, like, I think they would have won the finals in 2020, even if the season didn't stop. Yeah. I think if they would have won, like, a normal championship, no. it would be, that. like, a different. No, no, no. I don't, not from, I don't think it's, like, less. Yeah, I know, but I don't I, think they less deserved this, it or whatever. The same, ha- the that same I think I think if there. they, yeah, but I think if they won like a normal like in a packed crowd at the, at Staples, they had the uh, the parade and everything, like everything that goes with it. I think it, I think people would talk about it in a different. way. I feel like Lakers fans kind of feel like like obviously they're dumb lit that they won the title, but I feel like. It, they kind of feel like, damn, we didn't even like get the real yes, one. Yes, I agree with that. I think that's that's a fair point. But all those all those comments of hate would still be there because those people yeah, they would. They would. you can't change their mind. Um, so I'll go on another guy that would would have been number one on my list, like maybe even like a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's actually start kind of starting to grow on me, and maybe it's. So, I mean, I'm going to knock on wood when I say this, but, like, maybe it's because he hasn't played that much. And um, if if the Suns end up playing this team in the West, I'm going to hate him. It's going to go right back up to number one on my list. But 
Um, and I've kind of liked what he's been doing on TNT and stuff, but Draymond is that Ooh. guy. I used to, I used to violently hate this man like five mm-hmm. years ago. Um, okay. And it's slowly started to dwindle. Um, but like I said, that it could be flared up in, in a playoff series. Cause this dude, he's like Pat Bev, but bigger and better. So okay. yeah, I don't, just, I mean, he yeah. just shit talks all day, every day. If he's on your team, you love him because he's a great team player. And he does the dirty work, literally the dirty work. He's a dirty player and he complains his ass off. Um, and yeah, he's just kind of, kind of annoying, but like I said, he's kind of switched the narrative on himself for me. Uh, I've kind of liked, I've actually enjoyed his time on TNT uh, going into it with a level headed mindset, which the first couple years he did it, I didn't have that mindset. But lately I did, and I actually enjoyed him. And I think he's going to be uh, a good fit when he does retire. But there are times when Draymond Green just – I just I, – I, when, when making this list, I kind of thought of people that I root against the most. And he is right up there. There was a time when I, I, I rooted against him very, very hard. Uh, I, respect his, uh, I, respect, I respect that he's a good, he's a good player. I respect that. But – He's just annoying. Damn, Stanley Johnson, 13 points in the first quarter. Sixes. Um, yeah, I used to be with you. I used to fuck, I used to hate Draymond so much. Um, I think, like you, he once he gets a little more media training under his belt, he's going to be like an amazing TNT guy. Um, yeah. He's already pretty good when he's on, especially when he's – because he's so good at actually analyzing the game, and he's funny, and he says stupid shit. <laughs> Yeah. Like when he when he told Devin Booker to get out of the Suns or whatever. Yeah. That was like it was like after they had been good. Like I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, he's just mad about um, um I do think he's pretty corny a lot of the times. Um he's it's like I remember during the twenty nineteen finals, um, when they really it's like they really need him. To like with KD out, and I think it was the game that one of the games that Clay missed earlier in the series. And I remember he like was racking up texts the whole series, but and he was acting like a kid. And I was yeah. like, dude, you're like in your fucking eighth year in the league. You're like an adult now. You can't be getting te- like you're costing your team's points. And I remember it wasn't even like, God damn, this sounds fucking one. Um DeAndre did not at 35. 35 and 14, Jesus. And they were trailing after three quarters. That's crazy. Um but yeah, it's just like the complaining is annoying. Like he's an all-time complainer, but he does to me it like he makes it the league more fun. Um and I love the way he plays like so much. So um yeah, I'm with you though. I'm with you. Uh Dre is not fun. Dre or Dre is fun, but he's not he's not my guy like that. Like I, I can definitely vibe with not not liking Draymond. Um all right, so I've got next is shouldn't be surprising at all, obviously with everything that's going on. Big old uh, Simo the Savage, Ben Simmons, two five, um, pretty self-explanatory, obviously. But like, even if I was a neutral, I don't get what is so cool about Ben Simmons at this point that he has these like stands, um, which he does. You know, like he's never been a cool personality. He's never had like any personality. Um, outside of like being a gamer, like, like not a, not on the court gamer apparently, but like, you know, video games, <laughs> like he's in face playing and shit. 
he's also an NFT guy now, which just helps me dislike him more. Um, but he's, you know, I, he's just, he's just not cool. And he thinks he's so cool. He thinks he's the coolest dude ever, like ever when he's actually the opposite of the coolest dude ever. Um, and I, I, of course I'm biased, but like, again, I don't get what, how anyone could like really be like, yo, that's my guy. And they watch him like pass up dunks in the, in wide open dunks in game seven of the playoffs. And they watch him like just pass the ball to the post and like disappear and not move. And then let's like walk around. Like you're like, he heard that he was like baby LeBron once. And he was like, yo, I'm LeBron. Like that's me. I'm signed to clutch. I'm LeBron's guy. And LeBron, like even LeBron has like faded away from, cause he used to like gas the shit out of Ben Simmons. He was like, Oh, that's my little bro. That's, that's the, that's the fresh prince or whatever they called him. And then like, you can see even LeBron's like starting to move like away from it. Yeah. I think he's, I know you kind of fuck with him. Um, I just don't, I just, I just don't, don't, like don't, I don't. Like, I didn't like the way it happened to LSU. I was like, and I, you know, I liked him. Obviously I liked him when he was, when he was playing, when he was in, you know, good Ben Simmons mode. I, I respected how hard he played on defense, which is always weird to me that somebody who's obviously like on the court basketball wise, he's obviously soft, right? Like he doesn't take criticism. Well, he doesn't want to adjust, but like he plays like a dog on defense. Yeah. Which again, pissed me off to no end. I mean, I appreciated it. You know, he made the defense really good, but like, I was like, dude, you have it in you. You're six ten and jacked as shit. And you, you have like handles and can pass. It's not. It's not that hard to get back. It's like douche. It's like certain shit that it doesn't even. He doesn't even want to be aggressive going to the basket. I'm like, dude, what? Do you, I don't know. Yeah, I get I, it. That's, I, that's I, all I yeah, I think. I mean, it, I mean, it makes sense why why you don't like him. But I think you more don't like him because like you you knew it's like more like disappointment. Yeah, I, it's I, huge I, disappointment. But it's because, also like okay, I was disappointed in him. Yeah. Now after like, the playoffs, right? Yeah. Everyone won after really after game five. Once he they blew the twenty six point lead, um, everybody was doing Ben Simmons. Even after they won Game Six, they were still like, "Fuck Ben Simmons." Even though we won, even if they had won Game Seven, they'd still be like, "Yo, we got to get out of here." Yeah, which you know they easily could have won that game, even with how he played. And if you know, if he had just like after the press conference and everything, it was like he handled himself well. I'm like, okay, you know, I want him to get traded. I don't hate him. Whatever. And then, like, I would even understand why he would kind of want to sit out during the season. Because, like, if you know your team's trying to trade you for fucking months, and then you also were, like, told them, hey, I'd, I mean, I think it'd be best if I was traded. I was like, that's fine. That's cool. Every player deserves to be able to do that. Whatever. It was obviously, like, it's logical. But to then, like, show up to practice and then not give a shit at practice, lame as hell. Um, I don't know, man. I think if that's if no fucking one, lame, dude. If no that's one so wants, you, if no one wants you there, like, why show up? He showed I mean, up. We don't. We, we don't have to talk about this because we talk about Simmons so much. I know. Like, you have a personal vendetta against him because you're a Sixers fan, which 100 percent makes sense. But like, I there also, was also there was also a huge vocal, a vocal group that was always against Simmons among Sixers fans. Like, he yeah. was always divisive. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. always pretty pro Simmons. Yeah, no, I that can. Was, I, I liked him. Yeah, no, I know. So it was I just agree. weird. And all the media leaking, like the way they, the way they handle, like again, Rich Paul does what his clients want, but it was like the way they handle it in the media was so bad. 
and it yeah. made him look worse. And it's his decision. And he's always been like this kind of like coddled guy with this weird family dynamic. His fucking brother who coaches like D2 college got fired because they went like one and 15. I um, think it's his coach. And it's like, dude, you're people I are think, offering you. I think, you I know. think you, I think you're disappointed in Simmons. This should, this should be a take. You're disappointed in Simmons, but you hate the Sixers front office and their fans. That should be the take. Because, because you're disappointed, office, in, Sim- like Darryl, you're disappointed but- in Simmons because you know he has it in him. Uh, but uh, you hate the front office because they wouldn't move on from him and they dragged it out through, throughout the months through the media. And you hate the fans because they prevented him from being able to uh, come back and play. The fans didn't prevent him. Dude, the fans were fucking cheering him on and, and still – like they were I, they I, were I, behind him after the, in, like in game they were i mean like yeah, yeah but after after that game group, seven that loss after that game seven loss there's there's no chance he's he could come back yeah he, sure but it's not got, the fans fault that's not the fans fault it's not the, it's not the fans fault but he would have got booed endlessly so it's like you know you have to move on from him at this point so it's like then it's i not, mean it's not his fault so unless 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 Dude, I mean, the thing is, there's such an easy way to not get booed, and it's to come back and just improve in some regard. And just any, if you started shooting, literally, yeah, but he's a soft. We already know that he's okay. Then I, then it's not. He's already soft. He's already soft. You can't blame the fans for that, then. Yeah. So Ben Simmons, he he has that side of him that we already knew he was soft. And so when you just throw that fuel to the fire, he's he's not one to step up and beat his chest. He's gonna cower away. So. Yeah, it's definitely his fault. I think people I, – I, I don't know. Like, I don't see any – I'm not on that side of Twitter where there's, like, diehard Ben Simmons stands. But uh, I believe they're out there. I, th- I feel like most of the people that are rooting for him are just kind of doing it to spite Philly. But, oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, but still, yeah, that's my rant. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, that's fair coming coming from a Philly fan. So, um, yeah, me, I, I'm pretty neutral. Like, like the only reason I kind of, I've always liked his game, just like you, me and I you like were kind of, yeah, me and you were on the same page with that. Like we both like, we liked his game and now I'm on kind of the side where it'd be funny if he came back and balled out just despite Philly fans. That's a, that's the side I'm on. Uh, so what, I'm just going to uh, group just complaining European players into one, like Jokic, Luka, Gobert. Um, obviously, I've, got, I've got Jokic on mine too. I mean, I like I said, Pat Bev and Draymond were my first two guys, and one of my core gripes against them was that they're complainers. So this isn't some, uh, this isn't some vendetta against the Euros. But I mean, the Euros just seem to complain more, and their stars are doing it. And Jokic and Luka, uh, they're flopping left and right. That's just kind of an art they learned over there. The the head bob, the uh, all that kind of stuff. And you can th- you can throw Chris Paul in the mix. If he wasn't on my team, I would hate all that head motion stuff. Um, so I think just like any of those Euro players, it's just more uh, broadly seen when they're as good as, as Luca and uh, the Joker are. Cause I mean, they have the ball all the time. They're playing in primetime games. Uh, so you just see them complaining more. Um, but yeah, I'd say just any of those Euro guys are uh, just get under my skin a little bit. I'm with you on, especially, I mean, I don't even hate Jokic because of like the, the little, you know, rivalry, quote unquote. Um, yeah, I think, and I think he's amazing. Like, tr- obviously, I think he's mm-hmm. amazing, unbelievable player, like all time great offensive player. 
Um, best offensive player in the league, like easily, in my opinion. Um, but first of all, the way he gets like worshipped by fucking like NBA media nerds is the corniest shit. And when he does all the shit that like all these guys that they hate on, like Chris Paul, like James Harden, he flops so much and he complains yeah. so much. He also fucking like killed Marquise Morris. Yeah, he's a dirty. He's, he's dirty. He, he's dirty. He's so dirty. Yeah, he's a dirty. He's player. always been. He was dirty yeah. against Ennis Canner in 2019. Yeah. He gets into these like little things. He gets super hot headed. His brothers try to kill Devin Booker. It's like he needs. They need to like guys. We can criticize this guy. I. He seems super. He seems honestly cool as hell outside yeah. of like basketball. When you see him talk, I'm like, damn, this dude is the man. Yeah, I like him off the court. On the and again, obviously on the court, he's amazing. It's just like. These MB like these Zach Lowe type, you know, I love Zach. Uh, fucking, do you still follow HP basketball? Uh, no, I know you're talking about God, dude. Hard dime, he is para- the most paradox, hard wa- yeah, hard hardwood whatever. paroxysm, whatever. Yeah, he is like. First of all, he doesn't like they like to ignore the fact all these guys that they like live in Denver and they're Nuggets fans. They try to pretend they're objective. Oh yeah, true. And it's like. Every single Embiid game, he's shitting on Embiid. And then every Jokic game, he's like, oh, my God, it's so fucking unbelievable that he's doing this without all his guys. And then somebody will be like, oh, well, uh, the Suns have had their guys for, like, 10 games. And then he's like, well, that, that doesn't matter. The Suns are better than the Nuggets. Uh, it's, it's like, I thought you were an NBA reporter, bro. Like, I didn't – it's just – and he just yeah. – they yeah. suck him off. And I'm just like, yo, we don't need to do this. Yeah, well, that's another like, thing, like – and he flops like a fucking bitch. And yeah, I hate it. He, he flops a ton. He is a bit dirty. Um, and I, I think just with everything, this you can say this about everyone. All a lot of the stuff he does has been become over sensationalized. Um, yeah, just with like and it's, oh, oh again, again, and, and again, like that. we're talking about him a ton everywhere in the media. It's we're past the stage where nobody knows who Jokic is, and we're not yeah. talking about Jokic. We're we're so far past that. He literally won MVP, which is voted by the media last year and a pretty convincing vote. Like he won MVP. Yeah. We know how good he he makes all NBA every year. First team. Yeah. We know how good he is. He's not being ignored. Yeah. Like I do Jack think- Lowe and Bill Simmons started doing this. I'm like, yo. No, I, I will. I will say that. I mean, he should be the odds-on favorite to win MVP this year. I think I honestly like. If I want to be objective, I think he should win MVP. Yeah. What he's doing is unbelievable. Like yeah. I so yeah, that in that part, I get. Court. Like you can be, you can be talked about enough, but still be somewhat. So you can, you can be. I don't even know what the. So he's definitely not underrated, and he's definitely talked about enough. Mm-hmm. But I think. I think his season, like, it should be like, yeah, Jokic is MVP. Not like, okay, maybe Giannis, maybe Embiid, maybe Jokic. I think it's like Jokic is kind of the guy. Yeah, I, I mean, think he's – 26, he's 14, and 8 is just kind of ridiculous. And he's, like, absurd. And they're, you know, an elite team when he's on the floor, even though the team sucks. Like, yeah. it's unbelievable. It's You can play any four guys around him. He's going to carry into a very good record, which is crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that was on my list. Um, also, I just have to bring up Devin Booker, man. Sorry. That's um, okay, bro. You hate I him think too. Devin Booker – I think – all right. I think he's very cool. His, his like, his he's vibe a, he's is very on, cool. He's, he's objectively cool. 
he is objectively cool. I can't take that away from him. Supermodel girlfriend, I think, if they're, you know, whatever, I don't care if they're still dating. Um, the cars that he has, like his house is cool. The pictures he posts on Instagram are cool. He hyped up the Sons and Four guy, hanging with the fellas, all that, super cool. I'm with it. Um, and his game is like, if I could like make up my kind of basketball player, it's like the way he plays, obviously. Um, I just like shooting guards. But he is so like the he, it needs to be the fucking double team thing needs to be brought up like all the time. I don't get how it's not brought up all the time. He sounds like such a fucking loser in that video, dude. See, I like, think it's crazy. I, th- I think you I think you're making too big of a deal of it. I don't think I'm making too big of yeah, a deal of it when one hundred percent when he lost the finals off being double team. Yeah, see, like I because mean, he couldn't handle a double team. Yeah, see, like that, why? That, why would that's he like say A that? plus B equals F? Like that's what you're no, no, do. that's not what A plus. That's not yeah. A plus B. I, the, the the finals thing is just like I think I think yeah, it should be ironic. talked about. It's, it's very. I think ironic. it should be talked about because of that video. You know. Yeah, I get what you're saying, and you you've talked about it, dude. <laughs> like, I, I talk about it all the time. I have to because I have to carry the load. Yeah, I think but it's I, just like also also as soon he was already starting to he's a an elite uh foul baiter like he's he and he yeah. was already getting really good at it which it's a skill i can't like hate on it my the two best players on my team are like all-time great foul yeah. baiters so i can't hate on it but it is annoying as hell to watch um because i know like everything else he does is so cool is so is so aesthetically pleasing that i have to see him flop and he complain. He's one of the biggest complainers in the league. He's become one of the biggest complainers in the league. And then signing Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, just like, and they were definitely like, yeah, dude, just keep complaining, keep complaining. Like they're the they're you know, those two and Draymond are like top all in the top five complainers in the league. And it's crazy because Jay Crowder is a fucking he's fucking Jay Crowder. Like what are we doing? I love Jay Crowder. I I wish Jay Crowder was on my team. But like, how has Jay Crowder become like this this guy who gets fouled on every fucking three point attempt in the finals and is and complains after every single call when he fouls the shit out of everyone? <laughs> it's just like that that part of Devin Booker has always just started to piss me off. And also, it's like he's probably cool, but he's also like probably a douche, dude. Come on. All right, so. What like, I'll say, he's probably, all right, so your your complaints about Booker is that he's a flopper. He's a flopper who complains and who's probably a douche. It sounds like the center on your face. and and the I mean the the fucking double. I don't get how anyone could. Be I mean that's like, just corny. Obviously, just like it shouldn't be. Take. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't it's just be. Like you're you're just being like corny and. I'm. I mean, call me corny, whatever. I'm just. Yeah. I just keep it real, bro. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely ir- it it's definitely ironic what happened, but. No, it's like, and the irony to like, me. Like, what do you want? You want to be like, yo, yo, let's go work on double teams for eight hours. Uh, no, I don't want him to do that. I don't. He, he's good at handling double teams, so it's just like it was just funny. Yeah, it was just ironic. But if we're uh, talking about no, the video, is still like unbelievably lame. Like that's one of the lamest. That's some of the lamest. Yeah, I agree. Seen. It is. I I I one hundred percent get. I get both sides. I get that it's super lame, and I also get him being like, "Yo, I'm the best one in this gym." Like. I'm trying to work on my moves. Like, be glad I'm here and let me let me iso ball you. Um, nah, but it's, it's I I get like, I I get both sides of it. It's just I don't know, man. 
I don't know. I mean, I, but it's also also there was a video of him like making fun of these fucking like dads that were playing basketball. You ever see that one? I doubt no. you ever saw that one. I've never it was that was lame as shit too. I was like, dude, why the fuck would you? What the fuck's wrong? Yeah, with see, you? I mean, you're just you're just nitpicking. You wanted to throw him on um, the list. That's okay. no, that, like I, I think he's unlikable. Even though I, it's like I sort of like him a lot, but then like when he's unlikable, I fucking hate him. If something's gonna happen in the playoffs, I can I can feel it. Where the tide is gonna turn on Devin Booker, <laughs> I think it's gonna happen. The tide um, turned on the Mamba, bro. Yeah, the tide so turned on the Mamba. They so hate maybe. the grades. They also, the like I can't deal. I liked Kobe. I can't deal with the the guys that like that like the Kobe worshiper. Be, care, be careful, types. Here, bro. Be careful. No, it's not. I'm not. I, I mean, I don't care if they come after me. I don't, I don't really care. I don't have that many followers. Kobe's not a top three player of all time, so that's what I'll say. No, who the fuck thinks Kobe's a top three player of all time? Dude, I mean, you see those guys that are like, it's MJ. Yeah, but no one like Kobe thinks that. It's It's more that that every player's like, yeah, I mean, like, there's Ball Don't Stop. Uh, Do you know who Ball Don't Stop is? He's like the Hooper culture guy. No, I don't. Where he's like, oh, his mid range game, his footwork, his jab steps. It's like Kobe's the best player of all time. T Max, number two. Fucking Hakeem's number three because yeah, I mean like, these guys are just clowns, right? Like They're Tate, just... like the Tatum, Booker, uh, Kyrie, people who are like, yo, these are like the best players in the league. Fuck like Yo Kitchen, uh, Giannis. Giannis you get, can't do you're shit. You're getting caught. You're getting caught. By I know. I know. I'm getting. Trolls, I'm getting. I'm getting caught. You're I getting caught getting by caught. internet trolls. I'm on Twitter way too much. We already know this. Um. Uh, um okay. All right. All right. <laughs> so I, I don't really have much more. I mean, I have a couple more guys on my list, but. Um, just start, just go speed. Yeah, I just, I had an Embiid. Um, okay, that's fair. You kind of summed it up perfectly with Booker. Embiid is a foul baiting, <laughs> complaining douche. And if okay. he's on your, if he's on your team, you love him. Like those trolling pictures after games on Instagram and stuff. Like if he was on my team, bro, I'd be sharing that to my story so quick. But he's not on my team, <laughs> so uh I, okay. I, I'm not That's a fan fair. of it. And then the last one I had was Bobby Portis. Um, he's a scumbag. Goober. He's a scumbag. He's a scumbag. Relax. I mean, dude, he, he, he broke Miritich's face. Everyone has bad moments. And I'm also, I'm also salty because he played well in the finals, yeah. even, though, even though he sucks. And uh, I think he's a pretty good player. Uh, he stinks, <laughs> and he broke his teammate's face. And uh, he, yeah. I'm not a Bobby Portis. Not a Bobby Portis fan. But that's it. Uh, my last one. I just had the Utah Jazz. Uh, I don't fuck with like very much. I've of Mike Conley, uh, who I fuck with pretty heavily. I don't fuck with Mitchell. I didn't fuck with Ingles. Um, and I, I mean, obviously, we don't fuck with Gobert. <laughs> I don't get who could fuck with Gobert. You know, and I hate how they're always like making this drama that nobody gives a shit about, but it's like the Utah Jazz. They have terrible vibes. Like, imagine being a Utah Jazz fan. How much that would suck. Where you're always, like, pretty decent, but there's just nothing cool about it. It would just suck. Um, and, Mitch, like, Mitchell, I hate the way they're always taking, like, the weird swipes at each other in the media, where Rudy Gobert's like, oh, well, it, we can see what Devin Booker's done. He's gotten so much better on defense, and I, it would just be, you know, we need to do that. And yeah. it's like, okay, so they, dude, well, learn how to fucking post up one so guy they, on the Clippers, and you guys would be in the conference finals. They have a toxic culture and a toxic fan base, 
and I definitely dislike that. But it gets to a point where like I almost like it because I I di- I dislike the Jazz, so it's good that they're toxic. And I think they, it's so funny that like everyone collectively just kind of shits on them, even yeah. when they're really good. Even all of last year, they were like, "Yo, this is like the fakest one seed." Yeah, I for, dude, they, I like forget that they were the one seed. Dude, they were like statistically, they were like as dominant, one of the most dominant teams ever during the regular season. Yeah, it's funny and, that and, it happened in like empty arenas. Yeah. And they lost, and it's like, how dare and that's just like perfectly the Jazz. But. Like players shit on the Jazz. Like LeBron was shitting on the Jazz when he was doing the All Star draft a couple years ago. They were everyone was like laughing that Rudy Gobert was like taken out of spite when he obviously should have been let the last pick. <laughs> His nickname is Baguette Boy, Gogurt. Yeah, like that shit's tough. funny as hell, honestly. Um, and Mitchell's gonna leave, and it's gonna be crazy when he does because he's like having an unbelievable season. Yeah, we'll um, see if D Wade can uh, convince him to stay, but that's a whole. D Wade's gonna convince him to go. What do you mean? He's not gonna convince him to stay. Yeah, but isn't D Wade convince him to leave? Isn't D Yeah, he doesn't give a shit, dude. D Wade's so loyal to the brand, bro. He's as loyal to the brand as it gets. Like he's a jazz guy now, bro. Dude, he doesn't care. Like he doesn't care. We'll see. He's like a. He's like a that has like the smallest stake in the Jazz. Their owner is like one of the richest dudes in the world. He doesn't care. He's trying to get – he's definitely whispering like – You think know, yeah, this is a long con to get him to Miami? Absolutely. absolutely. I completely believe that. Dude, when he was on the Cavs, he was like watching Heat games. Uh, when he was on the Cavs with LeBron and they were like sucking ass. Yeah, he no, he's like, a Heat guy, but he's also – He was like getting caught. Guy. Nah, dude, he's, he's too – So you think, he, you think he just invested uh, – took a stake in the Jazz just to go in there and um, work his magic to get guys to go to the Heat? That'd be that'd – be... I feel like it's just Mitchell because Mitchell's like kind of – the new the new Wade. Wade type, even though he shoots like a million times better than Wade ever did, but yeah, he's like the yeah. small guard that's super athletic. I respect like, the move from Dwayne if 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 what you're saying is true. It's gonna ha- happen. Honestly, like I guess I I don't think we're gonna make the conference finals. So like if they lose the second round for the fifth straight year, they don't make it to the conference final. Like this is the fifth year of Rudy and Donovan together. Yeah, no, I think they're had, gonna like, get blown up, um, but. We'll but where, them. like, what's gonna? I don't even get how they would how they would do it. Yeah, that's something like I'm you're not. not they're not gonna trade Mitchell willingly. I'm not prepared and, to discuss that at the current. Yeah, I know, I know. Neither am I. It's just funny. It's just. Um. Yeah, it is funny. What? Oh, my my mic was on mute. I wanted to cut that. Uh, it, it is fu- it is funny, which is why I don't even hate it because it's like more of like a joke. I say this right now, and then that watch the Jazz beat the Suns. I would hate that too. I don't like the way the Jazz play. Like uh, I, I don't like watching. It's boring. Yeah, no, it is boring, and it's fun to hate on them, like you said. Um, all right, we can we can end here just uh, quickly going over some of uh, the top NBA prospects and how they're faring in March. Um, so we're kind of at the point where there's a top four however order you want to look in it, but that top four is Chet Holmgren of Gonzaga, Jabari Smith of Auburn, Paolo Benquero of Duke, and Jaden Ivey of Purdue. Three of four of those guys are still left in the tournament. The one who got knocked out was Jabari Smith, two-seed in Auburn, got bounced by a 10-seed Miami uh, in the round of 32. Smith had a bad game. He was 3 of 16 from the field. He missed seven threes. Um, he just really didn't have it. I don't think 
that game should affect his draft draft stock at all. Um, I think what I'd like from you here is uh, a little pat on the back to me. We told you about a month ago, maybe even more, that I was like, yo, the Auburn guards, Wendell Green, Katie Johnson, I hate Katie Johnson. They're going to screw this man, Jabari Smith. And then all I hear, like, the past, like, two weeks leading up to it, and then when it happened was, dude, the I love Ryan Rosillo, but fuck, man, does it annoy me when he tries – because he's so good at making it sound like he knows things when, like, know. he doesn't know, know things. I and, know. like, when he's, like – It's crazy. When he's, when he's talking about Auburn, he's, like, acting like he's watched them all year. He's, like, yeah, man, those guards, like, I knew this was going to happen. Like, dude, No. Like, no, you didn't. You just saw someone else say it. And this was, this was, wherever this take came from, this take came from my brain. And so. No, was, I remember you texted. I, I yeah. could probably find the text. So it's just like, um, so I'm not saying like I'm the first one who ever thought of this. It, I mean, it's, it's obvious. If you watch college basketball and you watch Auburn, which after Auburn, after that UConn game that they went to triple overtime in late November, I watched a ton of Auburn going forward. And you could tell, dude, Wendell Moore or Wendell Green and Katie Johnson. Katie Johnson's just a big bitch, bro. If he ever made the NBA, he'd be on my on my most hated Jesus. list. <laughs> that guy, that guy. I, I, you, you can search, you can search up on Twitter right now, Katie Johnson on SQ Sports. I've definitely, I haven't tweeted much over the past couple of months. I've definitely tweeted about him, dude. He would be on the top of my most hated list. He is, he is just a complaining, crying guy that ruined jabari smith's smith's chance at a national championship but i mean uh, <laughs> i found the text back <laughs> what did i say from sunday february 27th you said uh this scenario is going to happen it's gonna upset you i'm just preparing you for it you said auburn round 32 or sweet 16 30 seconds left auburn down a bucket jabari has 25 Katie Johnson or Wendell Green gonna look him off and break a shot to get knocked out. Damn, bro. That, <laughs> that's it was it was it was even it, dude. That would have been the exact scenario had Jabari had a good game. They ended up losing by like twenty, but um, <laughs> I don't think this should affect uh, the draft stock at all. I mean, the way Jabari plays um, at this point in his career, if he has a cold shooting day, like there's nothing really that he can do. He doesn't really put the ball on the deck that well right now. Obviously, we're gonna we're gonna get into uh, all this draft talk in the off season. But the way he plays, if he is missing shots, um, there's just nothing he can really do about it. The thing is, he doesn't he doesn't miss that often. But he doesn't miss, and he's become a pretty smart player, um, like moving off the ball and everything. He's like basically like six ten clay. Honestly, like I don't even know how else to describe him. He's Scores like he'll get you like twenty five points in college on like six dribbles. Like it's it's yeah. just unbelievable watching a guy that tall shoot like that. Like obviously we have Kevin Durant, but he shoots. He's more like a pure shooter than Kevin Durant is. Um, and he's athletic and he's got you know a frame that could add a lot of weight. I think he's going to be great. I would probably, I'd feel the the. I don't know who I'd take number one, but I would feel the safest about taking him number one. Yeah, I, I, you know he's going to be able to sh- be an elite shooter at the at the worst case. Exactly, I, I think it's it's always it's you can. I mean, the, his physical tools are there. Like the thing he has to work on is like kind of his handle and getting more comfortable shooting off the off more than just like one bounce. 
that's something you can learn. Like you can't yeah. learn to shoot like that and you can't teach that length shooting over people. Um, I agree. I agree. So, um, and then another, well, we can talk about Chet. They played Georgia State in the first round. Obviously, that's a one sixteen matchup. I put up nineteen, put up nineteen and seventeen and seven. So like I'm not, I don't want to discredit him, but I mean you're playing Georgia State. Um, and round two when he when he played uh, some NBA talent and Jalen Duran of Memphis, um, nine points, nine rebounds, and four blocks. He only shot the ball seven times. It turned into a Drew Timmy show in the second half. And at that point, so I, I, all right. So going through these players, I don't think we should take more than ten minutes doing this because we're gonna have all off season to be able to talk about the draft and these prospects. What I will say is I've come to the point where like I'm not just hating on Chet for no reason, and I'm not gonna really hate on that performance. Like I could be like, oh, look, look you know, look at the numbers nine, nine and nine. That's like pretty, pretty bad. Gonzaga was down 10 at half. Drew Timmy, who's the upperclassman, was like, give me the ball. I'm not losing to Memphis. So Chet, I mean, stayed in his lane, and they fed Timmy, and Timmy got it done. So mm-hmm. there's almost some sort of uh, – you got to give Chet credit for, for not trying to force it there. Um, but it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how he plays against Jalen Williams of Arkansas in the Sweet 16, uh, who's another athletic big man who's probably going to be uh, in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not like a huge Chet guy, uh, just because like other people have, uh, have noted the, like the weird posture that he has is just makes me uneasy. Um, like that's not a super easy thing to fix. Yeah. It's weird. It's It's weird. It's just, it's very, like, I've never seen someone built like that. Um, Mm. at least that play, I mean, maybe like younger Rudy Gobert when he was super like a rookie. Maybe. Um, you got to go to the chiropractor. Yeah, dude. It just I, – I know he hasn't had any injuries, and obviously I hope he doesn't get hurt. It's just weird, but, I th- like, he's definitely the guy that's going to be like, oh, well, you really need to watch him to understand. You can't just look at his stat sheet. You have to watch, like, all the shit he does. Yeah. The yeah. secondary passing and the defensive rotation. I'm with – like, I'm, I like Chet. I think he's going to be really good. I don't see the offensive – uh, like I, I don't think I want Chet creating a ton of offense for me. Like he can definitely shoot, which is good. It's great for his size, and he can definitely pass. But like I don't want him. I know he can handle the ball. Like I know he's capable of it. But I don't think he's going to be good enough where it's like you can't just give him the ball like at the top of the key and ask him to get you a bucket. No, right? he's a and transition I don't, I don't guy. Be, That's a yeah, I don't, he's I don't, a grab the I'm rebound not, and go. Right, and I don't want to be, you know, Hooper brain guy. It's more just like in terms of building around them as a as a lead guy. That's what gives me the pause about taking them. Like I can see taking them number one, I wouldn't hate on it, but it's just like that would give me a lot of pause. Um, Durin didn't really do that much to him though. Like Durin, I thought Durin was going to get like thirty and fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not the college basketball guy, so I just like look at a guy. I'm like, yo, that dude's massive. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's everyone was talking about it. That was yeah. that by far had the most NBA talent on the court out of any game um, yeah, in the round of thirty-two. Yeah, um, I do, like I do like that he's not soft. I really yeah, he battles. If you if you look at him, you'd be I mean, obviously stereotyping. <laughs> you'd just be like, dude, this dude's there's no way this dude's 
not a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> but he played like he's tough, man. I, I like I, I like that part of his game. I could see him uh becoming one of the guys that on the make, unlikable list. Yeah, that makes his way on the unlikable list just because yeah. he's gonna get out physical by these guys in the NBA and he might turn to a little bit of dirty tactics. Because he's definitely not just gonna back down. Yeah, you can see it. He's not just going to back down. No, definitely not. No, I remember that game, uh, his his senior year of high school, that game versus uh, Emily Bates. And it was like he was talking. The, that was when Emily was still like number one. Uh, or Imani. I still don't know how to say Imani. Um, Imani. Imani was still number one. Changed, yeah. I think it's Imani, yeah. yeah. Uh, when he was uh, still ranked like as the guy for all the high school prospects. And Chet was just like talking shit the whole time and was like, going at him it was cool i like his attitude um weird and then again i mean we don't have to talk about him now but like that guy in france uh that's coming out next year is like chet but even taller and skinnier yeah, um like i don't like those guys i don't like those guys. Uh, dude uh, i don't i don't i think he's gonna be amazing mike schmitz was like he's the best prospect i've ever scouted and i i trust mike schmitz like he, he knows what he's yeah. talking about he said he's the best prospect i've ever scouted yeah, I'm like, crazy. okay, we'll see. We'll see. But um, but yeah. Uh and Paolo, who I've been kind of a hater of. Play yeah, Paolo. You you have been a Paolo hater, but I think we can agree that I think we can agree both ways that when the season started it was like either Paolo or Chet one and two, and just kind of and just kind of for no reason we're like, yo, I'm a Paolo guy, yo, you're a Chet guy. <laughs> And so now that we're actually, I, like, I like Paolo though, but he's Italian, so I gotta fuck with him. Yeah, I mean, and now I think we're both coming back on it. It's like, yo, they're both good. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah Paolo averaged eighteen points, eight and a half rebounds, four assists. I had four assists in each game, which is uh, something kind of wanted to see more of uh, him being a facilitator. Um, and he's very efficient: fifteen for twenty-eight from the field, four for nine from deep. Um, and he's kind of like that guy where like he'll go get a bucket for you. Um, you can give him the ball, and I feel like he'll get a bucket. I, like I'm pretty confident. No, he definitely he has the, the. I mean, he has a midi pull up kind of. Yeah, I, it's like um, if it's like yo, the other team's on a like five minutes left. You're down four. You you need a bucket here to stop momentum. Yeah, I'm I, I'm fine with giving it to Chet on like on the wing and kind of letting him, letting him go to work. Um, and so uh, it, it's going to be very that. So the, th- the sweet 16 games on Thursday are, are insane. And that game against Texas tech is going to be incredible because Texas tech hounds the shit out of you on the defensive end. A ton of guys that are like six, five to six, eight who are athletic and who are just going to mean mug you. So it's going to be real interesting to see how Chet plays against guys like Kevin McCuller uh, and Adonis Arms and stuff, um, and see if he brings the toughness. Um, and there's this the whole aura of the Coach K farewell tour. I, I can't be super easy to deal with being the quote unquote best player on Coach K's like team. So that'll be interesting if they do get down early or if they're like down eight with 10 minutes to go, how he responds to that. Because in the back, somewhere in the back of his mind, he's got to be thinking like, yo, I can't be like, Coach K is going to be done. And all, all the Duke guys before me are going to be like, fuck this Ben Carroll guy. 
couldn't even get us to an elite eight. Um, so that'll be interesting. We'll be able to see if he has that alpha dog mentality. I really do think uh, coming out of the stretch. There are some people that are saying AJ Griffin's better than Paolo. So Not I mean, a lot are, of people, but a decent amount of people. He's AJ Griffin is more pleasing to the eye when he's playing well mm-hmm. because uh, he has incredible range and he moves more fluidly. Uh, he just like Ben Caro can seem a bit choppy when he plays from what I've noticed. And when AJ Griffin's just flying off screens, hitting threes, and he's also like super athletic, like he's just so smooth. He reminds me a lot of Cam Reddish. Like it's, it's like, I'm not saying he's not, not like he's going to turn into what Cam is in the NBA, which is unfortunately not as good as we thought, but just like that, like smooth and ease that Cam played with at Duke. I feel like Griffin has that same, that kind of same aura about him, but he can also he, he can also hide though, like there there are games where there there disappears again yeah dis, yeah disappears there Paolo's gonna get try to get a shot yeah, yeah exactly yeah, Paolo Paolo, is, I like Paolo because he kind of has that he kind of like I know I've I've floated like that Tobias Paris whatever comparison Adam T J Warren like stuff like that Big I think it's a, I think those are fair actually, comparisons I think I think he's the difference is like their mindset. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Tobias has this weird passivity to him where he doesn't want to really pass, but he also doesn't want to be aggressive enough, as aggressive as he should be, a 6'9 guy that can move well. Yeah. But Paolo has, like, the – he wants to get to the basket or he wants to, you know, make a move. He wants to have the ball. So I like it. And he's – and he's a, you can see the – like, I remember when I was watching him, I would see high school stuff on him, and it was like, oh, well, this dude's like Ben Simmons with a jumper because he can pass so well. He's basically, like, playing point guard. Yeah. Uh, for all these like AAU teams, and you know he's six ten, and I was like, I was like, damn, uh, this dude's gonna be crazy. Which you know, I think he's gonna be really good. I, I'm I'm trending upward on Paolo. Like, I, yeah. I fuck with Paolo. Um, but I don't know if I. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't. Right. Hate, I wouldn't take. I, it's it's a really weird. I know we say this every year, but like it's really like weird drafts where there's four guys who I would all feel good about taking number one, but I wouldn't like. Yeah, I, know I know who I would consider. Yeah. I know what you're saying. My guy, um, my guy. Yeah. And that's what's always that I mean that's a, that's where these front offices are gonna make their money. Um that fourth that fourth guy is Jaden Ivey. Uh he unfortunately knocked my longhorns out. Um that was he hit a he had a three with a minute left, up three to put him up six, which is which was the dagger. Um so so far in the tournament, Ivy's averaging twenty points, three and a half rebounds, two assists. Uh he's five for ten from deep. So not doing a whole lot besides scoring. Um, but obviously it's just a two-game sample size. Uh, he's, like, incredibly quick, and he reminds me of a little bit bigger, more built jaw, which is kind of crazy to say. But what I will say, and I was screaming this at the, at the, at the TV at the end of the Texas-Purdue game, I still don't completely trust him with the ball in his hands. He doesn't pass. He doesn't pass nearly as well as. I mean, he's not a pure point guard. He's a combo guard. He probably is an off-ball guy in the NBA. He's probably definitely an off-ball guy in the NBA. Um, but yeah, he turns it over a bit too much. Uh, these are all young things. I mean, he's a sophomore in college. Uh, the traits he does have are stuff that you can't really teach, and the stuff that he needs to work on is things that young players and pretty much all young players need to work on. So, uh, yeah, I think. He's right, right in the mix in that, uh, in that 
top four discussion. He's one of the one of the guys. Yeah, I like him. I like him a lot. I mean, obviously, he's probably the most fun player to watch out of yeah. these four. Um, just crazy athlete in transition. And, um, you know, one of the only college games I caught was the game where he had the game winner uh, near the buzzer off that, you know, that comeback. against. He is, he is, he is, he does have stones and he always wants to. Yeah, he definitely does. That's why I, I, that's why I really like watching. That's why he, it's like, it's like the athleticism in transition and the confidence that he plays with reminds me of jaw. Obviously also it's like a similar haircut. Yeah. Uh, So it kind of looks like it too, but it's just like, no, I, I, I really Even like as a him. freshman, he had those stones too. So Yeah, yeah. And then the rest of the, the guys in this class, it's like obviously there's AJ we talked about. Um, I, I mean, obviously, again, I'm the classic like NBA guy who just watches tournament and makes these stupid generalizations before I actually start like watching uh, like, you know, YouTube videos and stuff. Keegan Murray seemed like the most college, like elite college player ever who's not going to do that much in the NBA. Yeah, like he just doesn't seem. He just doesn't seem like. It's not unathletic. It just it felt like he was not. And it didn't seem. Like, I don't. I don't want to say he's not an NBA athlete, but he's no, not a I, super plus athlete. Yeah, and I don't know how much I shot. Athlete. Like he shot really well, but I don't know. He's also twenty two as a sophomore. Um, I think. I think he's. He's. He's got. I mean, he's, I think he has a low ceiling. And yeah, he kind of reminds me of Obi. Not the same play style, but kind of the same like vibe. Where he's yeah. a, in his second year, he's pretty old. He's on a, a high level team. But yeah, um, I mean, he can. He worst comes to worst, he's going to be like a second unit guy who, a second unit three and D guy that doesn't always hold up his end of the bargain on the yeah. D part. Yeah, so it's uh-huh. like yeah, I think he'll be okay. Um. You messaged me about Benedict Matherin. Um, oh, that's my guy. That's my guy. That's yeah, all I'm gonna get to I, mix. That's my guy, bro. That's no, my guy. I could see this coming from a mile away. Um, I just I fuck with that dude. I know. I mean, that was like that's the type of game though where it's like teams will remember that game for sure. Absolutely. Like it's gonna yeah. stick out. Even if he has a bad, even if he has a bad Sweet Sixteen game early, if they you know they go far and he doesn't play as well, that yeah. game was crazy. He put up thirty in a overtime win. Over TCU uh, in the round of 32, Arizona one seed, second overall seed in the tournament. Uh, and Matherin's been their leader all year. Um, and yeah, he went crazy. Um, he's like a six seven point. Like he, I would cons- you. I think you can play him off ball. You can play him with the ball in his hands. Uh, he's six seven. He passes well. He scores well. He's super athletic. He's going to be awesome to watch run the floor in the NBA. Um, and yeah, this is. I should I should have noted it down somewhere, but this is I could I knew that this is a guy you're going to be all in on. Um, no, I've, I've, and he has a cool name. And I, yeah, it's just I, like and he's built in in a draft where I don't really know how many guys have like super high upside outside of I guess Chet would be like the super high upside guy. Um, he seemed like to me I, I just outside of the top four. I feel like he was he's a guy that I would bet on. Like he has a good build for the NBA. He's six yeah. six. He's long. He's athletic. He can shoot. Um, and he has that. I mean, you know, maybe it was just how he played one time, but well, like he, but the he, attitude was fucking. I was like, yo, this is my guy. Like I yeah. love watching this dude. No, he always has that attitude, and he's had a ton of games like that this year. <laughs> yeah, you know, and he's improved a lot, which I always you always like to see as a sophomore. Uh, 
a lot of sophomores in this lottery, like Johnny yeah. Davis, Ben Matherin. Yeah, Johnny Davis um, is another guy who, uh, I mean, yeah, Johnny Davis grew on me as the season progressed. Uh, this That Wisconsin team was not very good, um, and they capped off. Uh, Johnny Davis carried that team to the point they were at, which was uh, a share of the Big Ten title and a three seed. Iowa State stinks, so um, just know that, know that Miami is going to beat them. Uh, so the fact that Wisconsin lost to them shows you that Wisconsin isn't very good. It's also kind of an indictment on Johnny Davis that he couldn't carry them. But, I mean, Chucky Hepburn, their point guard, went out. Um, so I, I think Johnny Davis is going to be a solid pro prospect. Um, yeah. who, who I think lost themselves, who, who really damaged themselves. Like, I don't think Davis damaged himself that much in the loss. Who really damaged himself, I think, is Ty uh, Ty Washington, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like a combo guard. And when they lost to St. Peter's, he put up five points. He's two for ten from the field. Uh, he had <laughs> one, one assist, two turnovers. Um, it's not great. Not great at all. And he's had games like this throughout the season. He's a very streaky player. And I still think he's going to go. We still think he's going to declare for the draft. And one game shouldn't be the end-all, be-all. But you got to think, like, when you're playing a team like St. Peter's, at one point, can, if you're going to be a lottery pick, do you just have to say, I'm taking over? Obviously, that wasn't – the Kentucky team wasn't built that way. It wasn't tie, a tie tie team. Like they're a really solid team. You can't just throw the blame on him. But I don't know. It was. It's kind of tough to see. It's tough to explain that. I guess you could say. He's. I mean, I was listening to a uh, Jay Kyle Mann, who's a on the ringer, who's a massive uh, Kentucky fan, and he was just. He was kind of shitting on Ty Ty. He was shitting on the whole team, obviously, but like he yeah. was shitting on Ty Ty a lot, and he was really shitting on Cal because it's like Cal, every single point guard he recruits like can't shoot for shit, and it's like Ty Ty couldn't really shoot this year. I mean, he shot okay this year. He shot thirty four percent, but he's you know he only took eight like eighty threes uh, in the whole season, and it seems like it's kind of killing. I mean, I didn't, I don't know Kentucky's offense like that, but it seems like it's kind of killing their offense every year. Or they don't have. Yeah, I mean, well, they're, they're true. Yeah, their true point guard this year, uh, Severe Wheeler, who's a transfer from Georgia, literally cannot shoot. Like he, he was. He's. I wouldn't say unarguably. I would say he's arguably the best passer in college basketball. He averaged like ten assists last year with Georgia, and Georgia sucks. Georgia did suck in twenty twenty one. And they sucked this year too. Um, but him, the pick and rolls that he ran with Oscar Shibway were sick. Um, yeah. but he, he could like, he literally can't shoot at least Ty Ty has a semblance of a jumper, but I get yeah. what you're saying. Like, it seems like all these Kentucky guards, it's like, what's going on? Um, they, I mean, maybe it could be like a, uh, maxi type thing, but maybe, maybe uh, I wish we could have seen that team in the, in the tournament that year. What do you think? You think Kessler is going to be good or not um, in the NBA mm, if he makes it? I mean, I, I he's going to get drafted. But. Yeah, he's going to get drafted in the first round. Um, I think he's going to have a role, but I don't think he's going to be anything special. Okay. Like, I think he's gonna Every time it. I watch him, I'm like, dude, nobody's even attempting to score on this. Like, they're not even going to the paint. They're not even taking any shots in the paint. Yeah. So I think that's more, that's more magnified in the college game. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, I think they were playing. Who are they playing in the first round? Not a good team. Auburn? They're playing Jacksonville yeah. State. Yeah, that was like, yeah, these guys are like – they're not even yeah. attempting. Um, um, so who I'll give you, I'll leave you with one more. Um, 
which is a guy I really like, uh, Malachi Branham from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. He's like a, uh, I think he's like six six wing, uh, can shoot. Really good slash. He's he's a really good slasher who can also shoot. Like I'd say, he's his best attribute is getting to the rim. But he also shot forty two percent from deep this year. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just really like him. He started off the season pretty slow, and then uh, in Big Ten play, he, like dominated. I think he was like sixteen points a game in Big Ten play. Um. Yeah, I, I'm really intrigued by him. Um. Definitely want to do want to watch some more in-depth stuff, but from a surface level, um, I really like what I saw from Branham. I think he should be a lottery pick, if not top 10 guy. AOC's got him 20. Yeah, He's I think – Get shades of Chris Middleton, Karis LeVert. I think he should move up a little higher. I think he uh, – Middleton's athletic. I was going to say I think he might be more athletic than Middleton, but um, – I mean, he's definitely more athletic than Middleton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, you got anyone else caught your eye? Uh, sorry, I'm looking through KOC's big board just to see if there's anybody I remember watching. Um, there, I thought Duran looked pretty good. Christian like, uh, Coloco, um, Coloco, center, yeah, center Arizona. He's like nine, he's like 19 for 23 so far from the field. Averaging he's only played 20. basketball for like four years. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, he's averaging 23 and 12 and four assists and four blocks too through two games. Who do you got? Uh, who do you got cutting down the nets? I still think it's going to be Gonzaga. So I, I I picked Kansas like a month ago, so I'm sticking with that. Yeah, I found your text, by the way. Did you? Yeah. Good. Good. Um, and right now they they have the easiest path to the Final Four uh, by far. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's going to be um. I think the final four is going to be Gonzaga, UCLA, Arizona, and Kansas. UCLA isn't UCLA like a what seed is UCLA? They're a four. They play. So I think okay. the winner, the winner of North Carolina, UCLA. See, I could see Purdue making it out of that out of that bracket too. I mean, they um, they better fucking make the Elite Eight. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think uh, – that, that sucks for St. Peter's. Um, yeah. If they would have got matched up with Texas, obviously, I mean, they still should have – they should lose to Texas. But at least like, against Texas, like, we can – we, like, easily could have shit the bed and not score for 10 minutes. Whereas, like, Purdue, Travion Williams and Zach Eady, they can't guard them. So, literally, they have no chance. Um, all right, yeah, he's, he's got, got your boy – he's got your boy 30, David Roddy. Dude, David Roddy's not leaving. He's not? I don't know. Fuck no, bro. What well, year is he? He's, junior He's a junior. Year, probably. They had a pretty good year. They brought back their coach, I saw. So. Yeah, they signed him to like a seven-year deal. Um, I don't. If he leaves, bro, that'd be so tragic. He's fat, bro. KOC's calling him fat. He's big, bro. He's big body David Roddy. He's like 6'5", 250. <laughs> Damn. He's a beast. Yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a beast, though. I, he would. I don't. I. It, it's gonna be. It'll be interesting. I don't know how he's gonna fit in the NBA. Um. But he would dominate the Euro League. Like maybe not the Euro. Maybe not like the like the top Euro League division, but maybe like the fucking Turkish Super League or some shit. He would be yeah. the MJ of that league. Um. 
All right, so you got anything else? Or we we can end this off with a, with a trivia question. Oh, so the trivia. All right, all right. So I couldn't find the exact number. I think it's like low forties um, of the amount of players who the amount of men's players who have won both a uh, college championship and a NBA title. Um, and there's like I think low forties is the number that that I came with. Since 2009, however, there have been six. Okay. I'll give you some help along the way, but Does this includes 2009. This includes two, the two. This includes the year 2009. So it's since 2009 in. So since 2009, guys have won a college championship and, yes, and an okay. NBA championship. They won okay. both since 2009. Okay. There's six of them. I'll give you some hints. Right. Do you have any guesses off the top? I know Danny Green is one. Danny Green is one. Uh, he was uh, the he won no nine UNC. Yes. Um fuck. Uh AD. Yep. That's two. Um those are the two the two furthest back. Okay. Uh fuck. Frank Tank was close. No, they didn't they didn't win a they didn't win the title that year. He was close in both leagues. Yeah, he was close in both, but he didn't win. He didn't win um, um, I'll, let's see. All these, guys, be, yeah, all these, the, these. So you named the two best players. That the other four. Mm, mm, I have another one. Uh, Dante Divincenzo. Yep, Dante. Okay. The Michael Jordan of Delaware. <laughs> That's his actual nickname. Um, three more. If you get all three without sixteen, was Nova. He won two titles. Um, 2016 was Nova. 2017 was UNC. Nobody won from that team yet, I don't think. 2018 was Nova. 2019 was UVA. Nobody won 2020. Um, okay. 2012 was Kentucky. No, not that far back. I'll give you a hint. Okay. 2013 was Louisville. Um, they might have had like Trez back then, but he didn't win a title. Uh, fuck, it's hard, man. Um, two of these guys you like know well. The other one you will like know of, but he's kind of more of like a college guy. Don't tell me because I actually want to face. <laughs> I feel like it's on 2015 Duke, and I'm fucking blanking. One of them are. One of them is on 2015 Duke. Okay. This guy's won two titles actually. <laughs> oh, that means he was on the Warriors. That has to be on the words, right? I had to move off the Duke because I don't, I don't, I don't okay. remember anyone else on that team. Um, I don't think, you, I don't think you're gonna get either the other two. So one of them was 2017 UNC, and the other was 2019 Virginia. Was it Justin Jackson? Yeah, Justin Jackson. He was in the box. What the fuck? Justin. I would never guess that. I would have. No, nah, I would never guess. That. And this one, I don't even think you're gonna get with the hit, with the Virginia hint. Maybe you will. Um, Tyron was on the Thunder last year. Uh was it the fucking blonde guy? Yeah, Diakite. Yeah, D- mm, it was Diakite. We had a game winner in the tournament that year. Yeah, he did. And then the Duke guy. It's that's uh, five. The Duke, the Duke guy, guy won his he won his titles with the Warriors and the Lakers. Duke guy that won all the time. 
Quinn Cook. God, I'm such a fucking idiot. Quinn Cook. Quinn Cook was like, yeah, there's no way he played in the Lakers. I thought he was going to be so good for the Lakers for some reason. He played on the Lakers. Um, he got three minutes in the finals. Yeah. He got three, six. Got about 22 minutes in the playoffs. Elite. So it was be fucking like 15 minutes. <laughs> It was only. It was only. Uh, three of them came in the last year when the Bucks won it. Won the won the finals because Divincenzo, Diakite, and Justin Jackson. All right. Um, you got anything else for the people? Do I got anything else for the people? Nah. You got Gonzaga to win. Sixers score is Gonzaga to win. Gonzaga to win it all. I'll take Memphis Kansas. beat the Nets tonight. By the way, without Ja. And I saw Kyrie, that. Katie. Yeah. Sixers up big. Harden's going off in the third. Who are the Sixers playing? Lakers felt LeBron. <laughs> yeah. uh, damn, Dwight revenge game. Dwight hit a three. But... All right. So I think that's all we yeah, got. I think we went before that. I think we went. Uh, well, we talked about LeBron. I was going to say we went a whole pile without talking about the Lakers. Yeah, we uh, talked about LeBron for like 20 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> we definitely. It wasn't that much Lakers talk though. It was yeah, just that's LeBron. true. Just the Bron talk. We we didn't <laughs> we didn't mention uh, Russell Westbrook right until this point. Good, good. We don't need to. I'm surprised yeah. he didn't. I mean, actually, no. We're both fans, so it makes sense that he didn't make our list. I'm a Russ guy. Yeah, I like Russ. Uh, if I was a Lakers fan, the list would probably be different for sure. Yeah. Um. All right. So if you got to this point in the pod, thanks for listening. Um. Like I said, check the description. I'm going to link that article that Q just published uh, that we were talking about. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, for Shane, for Q, shouts to the boy Archie Goodwin. Uh, we'll catch you next week on the SQ Sports NBA podcast.